Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Senator Bob Menendez, he's a Democrat. He has just been indicted on bribery charges for accepting gold bars. This is going to be an interesting story because this dude's been, uh, he's been, uh, I think he's been criminally charged before. He's been, let's just say he's been on the wrong side of the law in the past. And uh, here we go again. I don't think anyone's surprised to hear this news, but it's going to have a tremendous impact on the Senate. I'm wondering what this will mean for New Jersey and for the balance of power in the Senate. And then, of course, we have the we have a the Democrat mayor of Dallas switches to the Republican Party. This is going to be really interesting what we see moving forward in 2024. Of course, we've been seeing a lot of interesting things. There's no not necessarily any evidence of direct correlation, but when you see someone in a Democrat city say outright, we need Republicans, I'm switching, that's it. I think 2024 is going to get really interesting in terms of people are insane. There's going to be prosecutions. There's going to be conflict. But we're going to see weird stories in the press. And uh, well, may you live in interesting times. Before we get started with the news, my friends, head over to TimCast.com. Click TimCast IRL X Miami and pick up your tickets to come see us in Miami, October 6th. With Patrick Bet David, James O'Keefe, Matt Gates, Luke Rudkowski, of course, me and Ian Crossland will be there. Plus a whole bunch of other guests will be there as well. We've got Alex Stein. He'll be doing a set just before the show. And uh, several other prominent individuals that you're fans of that have appeared on TimCast Cast are going to be hanging out. And uh, we might have a, a list of uh, scheduled attendees uh, next week. But pick up your tickets now. We hope to see you there. Don't forget to also click join us, become a member so that you can hang out in the Discord server with all the other like-minded and like-minded individuals. The, the, Tim, uh, the TimCast Discord members are running pre-shows, after shows. They're making music together. They're working on projects together. It really is a great community of people doing awesome work. So sign up. You'll also get access to a massive library of uncensored members-only shows dating back to, I think, two, two or so years now. We do those Monday through Thursday. You don't miss them. And more importantly... As a member, you're supporting our work. Your membership, when you sign up, it helps support our infrastructure, and it allows us to do crazy things like build an anti-Times Square, which is currently underway. We are working with uh, Chef Andrew Gruel on the plans. We are going, the idea is to create this big parallel economy physical space. We've got a bunch of really awesome stuff happening. And of course, shout out to Public Square because uh, we, they've sponsored our Miami event, and we hope to do a lot of really awesome stuff with them in building the parallel economy. And additionally, as members... The pr- payment processor we use for TimCast.com, it is Parallel Economy. It, it is a Rumble affiliate. It's Dan Bongino. They, these guys are, are doing amazing things in building infrastructure so that we can't get banned or canceled. Not impervious, but more resilient. Smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about this and a whole lot more is Vince Dow. Good to see everyone. Yeah, my name is Vince Dow. I'm a Gen Z conservative content creator, and you may recognize me from that one vice panel where the other asians were going crazy and i just was very calm and everyone has seen that not everyone but a lot of people in the sector have seen that so if you've seen that that's of course me and um you know great to be here and good to be with you tim of course right on thanks for hanging out we got phil labonte hello everybody my name is phil labonte lead singer of all that remains a failed musician guy (laughs) anti-communist and counter-revolutionary 
A communist, a communist called you a failed musician? Is, yeah. is this not a communist? He's a socialist. Uh, it's the same garbage. You know, <laughs> socialism, the, so the, the end goal of this, socialism is communism, said Lenin. Uh, th- this is like, uh, dude. Yeah, so Hassan was uh, doing a podcast and he said Phil was a failed musician. And it's like, bro, if you're that desperate mm. and that's the only move you have to make against someone because you don't have an argument to say that a platinum recording artist who just opened for Metallica has failed. I'm like, damn, what's success? Uh, apparently, it's uh, quitting the leftovers is, is success. That's what I hear. So he I quit? Think, I th- I, that's what I hear. I don't know for sure, but I hear that he was leaving the leftovers. But The leftovers. I mean, look, Ethan Klein gave him the business, and that was the thing that I was poking at him about. And then the very next... Uh, how do you get episode. destroyed by Ethan Klein? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, well, he asked you questions about uh, communist China and you're afraid of your chat. That's right. He's terrified of his chat and he doesn't want to say anything too uh, anti-China. So, you know, and then the whole next episode, I watched it just, just recently. Um, they just, Ethan and, and Hassan are just, or Ethan's picking Hassan apart. And wow. Yeah. Hassan's socialism Brutal. is not strong. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Not strong. Well, Ian's here. Hey, buddy. What's up? Ian Crossland. I'd love to get Hassan in the house. We've been meaning to have him on anyway so maybe now's a good time get this all hashed out face to face play some music together good to see events well he of course is always welcome i just really don't see that as being a reality that'd be great yeah. So, yeah. it would be cool to get him here i mean he was the bro bible guy like i feel like somewhere deep down there's you can have a real conversation but what's up no, guys look, if, the, if, if, uh, if someone's if someone's built their career off making money and their whole plan is like what kind of content can i do to make money yeah. there's apparently some scandal involving dylan mulvaney related to this like a video came out Oh. But but we've talked about it before where if you look at Dylan's early content, it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. You know, these people aren't going to betray an ideology when the whole purpose of their ideology is to make money. Yeah. You know, right. so anyway. And I hate the term grifter, but I've seen Hassan just sit there and he'll react to stuff and he basically just eats food the whole time, says a couple comments and... It sells because it's reaction content. I don't know. Yeah, he's a so big boy, it takes a lot of to hang out. To <laughs> no, I mean, the, the, right. the, the real secret is for a lot of uh, these online communities, it's a, it's a place to hang out. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's jump into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Menendez has been charged with accepting gold bar bribes. Hey, man, I got to say, if you're going to take bribes, gold bars is the way to do it. Smart. So uh, New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez has been indicted for bribery, according to a statement from the United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York. Menendez is currently the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. The Democrat and his wife, Nadine, have been under federal investigation since 2022. The couple is allegedly believed to have taken $400,000 worth of gold bars from New Jersey developer and former bank chairman Fred Diabas. How do you pronounce it? Diabs? And his associates, Wailhana and Jose Uribe. In exchange, Menendez reportedly agreed to use his official influence to sway the Justice Department, which had accused Diabas. I don't know how to pronounce that. Diabas? I don't know. Diabas? Of bank crimes. Newly unsealed documents filed in New York accuse Menendez and his wife of accepting hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes in exchange for using Menendez's power and influence as a senator to seek, protect, and enrich Hannah Uribe. Uh, how do you pronounce that? Uribe? 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 Yeah, something like that. Uribe? Uribe. It looks like... And Diabas? Diabas says there's a, there's a little um, typo there. It says D-A-I instead of D-I-A. To the benefit of the Arab Republic of Egypt. Wow. Well, the first thing I'm going to say is the federal government, especially the Southern District of New York, gets zero benefit of the doubt from, uh, from me. And I got to say, I, I, I am biased against you know, individuals like Menendez and many Democrats. But I will tell you this, I am more biased against the Southern District of New York for the things they've done. Aren't they the ones that have been going after, they went after Project Veritas? Maybe I'm wrong about that. But I know that they're, they're going after Trump. 
not a fan of these guys. And so I will actually say, you know, I'll give Menendez the benefit of the doubt. Let's 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 hear what hear what they have to say. First and foremost, no matter who someone is innocent until proven guilty. But uh, I am not going to jump on throwing Menendez under the bus simply because he's a Democrat. I do not trust SDNY. I do not trust federal prosecutors. I think the moment the feds tried the, and, and New York goes after Trump for political reasons, anything they do is tainted, no matter what. So maybe they want to go after Menendez. Fine. Maybe it benefits Republicans in the long run. Sure, whatever. Don't care. These people are evil and I don't trust them. Do you guys have a gold sponsor? Because if you do, this would be a great time. You know, oh, <laughs> hey, the politicians do, are actually. trying to On the podcast. take the gold. Okay, <laughs> so what, what 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 do you think you should be doing? No, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. There probably has to be a reason they're going after him. I'd have to imagine. I mean, you've seen the same thing. You said Southern District of New York, right? You kind of saw how the political system in New York went after Andrew Cuomo, one of their own, because. You know, clearly something there fell out of favor. So I really wonder what the the backstory is here because I couldn't imagine they're just going to go after him just because oh he's a corrupt politician, right? So all, there's probably something more to the story. All, I would have to imagine. All Menendez has to do right now is put out a press conference, have a press conference, and say that one week ago he began drafting a resolution for the Senate to end the persecution and prosecution of Donald Trump because it was disruptive to our democracy, and then all of a sudden he's being indicted, oh. and just let her rip. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> because, I mean, because look, the Democrats are in the seat of power. Yeah. What could he say right now in favor of Democrats that would get Democrats? Nothing. If he came out and said, I hate Donald Trump, please, they'd be like, too bad, we don't care. Yeah. But if he came out and was like, I wanted to, I, I, I was arguing to end the prosecution of Trump because this is not the way the Democratic Party should be operating, that would actually earn him some benefit. People, he, he would get political tribalists being like, we'll let you slide on this one. Keep, keep talking. Oof. I, I, I don't really have a take uh, other than, you know, if you can get gold bars, get them. You know? <laughs> I'm very glad you started off the segment talking about the presumption of innocence. That's a real important part of the next 20 or 30 years of American livelihood. <clears throat> yeah, but the problem is we, we be good people. So I will, I have no problem saying like, I don't know what this guy was involved in, but you better prove it before I'm willing to throw someone in jail or whatever. Every day beyond a reasonable doubt. But, but the problem is the Democrats don't extend that in the other direction. No. So, it, so at this point, is it like, well, you know what? You stick that label on your name and you get, no, you get no favors from me. No, that's what they, I think that's what deep, the deep power wants is for us to forego rule of law and just start going at each other. They're frothing, waiting well, for you to tear they're, yourself they're, apart. But they're using the law like, to go if you're not... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't, I don't see how you get to foregoing the rule of law. Like, if you are, pro, if he's being prosecuted by New York, they're, you know, they're using the law against him. Now, granted, I mean, it looks like, it doesn't look good. It looks, it looks like he actually did this stuff. But that being said, you should be innocent until proven guilty, you know, or you should be treated that way. But it's not like, it's not like they're after it's not like there's there's an attempt to get around the law or circumvent the law, uh, except for on his ca his well, case. I, I don't see that that it's a right left thing is what I guess is what I'm getting well, to. Well, here's know? the thing is that I, I don't even want to use the term Democrats. I think it's more so 
there's a lot of people in the uniparty who have gotten away with genuine legitimate crimes that you know no one ever indicted no one ever tried to even investigate so i do think to some degree considering what they're doing to trump and you know a lot of people on our side for very frivolous reasons very often i do think in the future if we ever want to kind of balance out the playing field i do think you're gonna have to at some point try to hold the other side or the uniparty i should say really more so accountable for the things that they're just straight up getting away with that are real crimes so i'm not saying to obviously fabricate crimes or try to you know just go after people to go after them but i think you've seen them turn a blind eye to a lot of uh establishment politicians over the years and i think to balance out the situation now i think you know just i, I don't I, I just I don't know say. if i'll trust any of them no matter what yeah, absolutely. Like they, yeah, absolutely. It's just yeah. none of it. None right, of it. Right. Espe- look, and it's not just... It's Trump. probably not going to happen, but it's, it's just, uh, you know, in, in theory. They, they <laughs> ignore Epstein. Right. All of them right. do. Not a, and, and the problem I have is that for a lot of these powerful, corrupt individuals that we know about, any prosecutor could have gone after him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. There, there is justification for when it comes to these politicians and high profile individuals, they do work in the jurisdictions, in jurisdictions all across the country. Oh, yeah. yeah. There, there, is, there are grounds for it. That's why New York is going after Trump. They'll yep. find a way, but Republicans don't do anything. I was anything. thinking last night, like if you um, tear open a, an evil system and you rip back the curtain and show everyone how evil it is, you're, 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 you're pr- providing a threat for the system stability. Even if it's evil, if you expose it, it can disrupt and then the system could fall apart. So what will happen is people will try and just show you a little bit of it at a time, but that's like poking a needle into a balloon and trying to, to stop it from popping, trying to hold it tight. And it's like once evil gets exposed a little, the rest of it just comes pouring out and like trying to suppress people's awareness of it is almost doing more damage to the system than just letting it, you know, building up. Yeah, that's what it feels like. There is there is a postule full of pus on the United States that they just keep slapping Band-Aids over and it just keeps getting bigger and worse. Yeah. And when this thing pops, oh, it's going to suck. But man, you can't just keep thinking like this is what they do in terms of the economy. As we were talking about with debt and war and one of the theories, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a theory, I could call it a conspiracy, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory or a hypothesis, that the purpose of the stimulus during COVID was not really COVID. It was, hey, here's our chance to flood the, flood the economy with, with printed money mm-hmm. so that we can pay down the debt and kick the can down the road for a couple more years because a monetary system which produces more debt than currency eventually collapses. Right. I mean, that, well, that, that's something that, that Austrians and libertarians and even fiscal conservatives have been talking about. I mean, th- we are in a new paradigm now considering the fact that the, the government and the, the Federal Reserve is working under a modern monetary you know, theory. Like, so it's MMT all the way. The idea that they're taxing to pay for things, that's something that people should just put out of their heads. The point of taxes is to control inflation. That's it. Just to take money from people, they're going to use. They're going to print up the money that they that they you know whatever they need to do, whatever they whatever uh, program they want, whatever they need, they just print it. The fact that the 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 federal government collects taxes may, means that the dollar has a value because you have to get dollars to pay uh-huh. those taxes. They use taxes to and interest rates control to control inflation. There is nothing backing it. The only value that comes from your dollar is. Is from the demand for taxes. So the, we have to get away or people should try to get away from the idea that we are using taxes to pay for projects. And the the argument against MMT is it gives the government unlimited authority to print money and do whatever they want with finances. 
outside of of the let me let me let me let me read some of this real quick from nbc just to give some context apparently his wife is also being charged and they say that federal agents said they discovered many of the items many of these items were uh, when they executed search warrants in the couple's home they found more than four hundred eighty thousand dollars in cash much of it stuffed into envelopes and hidden in clothing closets and a safe including (laughs) jackets bearing the senator's name that were hanging in his closet as well as more than seventy thousand dollars in nadine's safe deposit box the indictment alleges I mean, this is pretty. This is pretty wild. Who's, uh, whose money was he holding? They got. On they to? got photos. Like, yeah. Of like oh, cool. a sweater. Let me. Let me pull this up because I, I was just reading it on my phone. Let me pull it up. Is there? Uh, I wanted to ask you, Phil. Do you know of any historical examples of a nation or an empire being in the level of debt that we are no, right now? So this is kind I, of like uncharted territory. No, and also MMT is still a fairly new this. theory. So you, did you guys uh, have to say Yeah, that? yeah. I wanted to comment really quickly on uh, Tim's quote-unquote conspiracy theory. It's funny. We talk about the Great Reset, living in pods, and very often the natural reaction is people would never accept that. But that is the thing is that when everything becomes unaffordable, when you can't afford a home, where are you going to live? You can't afford food. You know, what, what's, what's the next reaction to that? So if it all lined up and that was the purpose of COVID to basically destroy the current order and traditional American way of life in so that way it gets worse and worse. And now eventually people 10 years from now will basically just accept a quasi great reset. I think it's uh interesting to say the least, right? I, I want to, I, we got this picture pulled up and it is, it's a, it's a decent amount of money. I mean, let me, let me, what, it's probably a couple grand <laughs> serious question though, for like, for what reason, Honest question. I'm not saying I'm not. This is not rhetorical. Honest question. For what purpose would someone have five to ten thousand dollars in hundred dollar bills in an envelope hidden in a in just like stuffed in the pocket in a closet in a sweater? It's not his. That's what I. That's my initial thought. Is whose money is this, and Mm -hmm. why is he holding on to it? I think he's a scapegoat. I think they're throwing him under the rug, saying, "Look, the DOJ plays fair." Look at I, us. I, I mean, it could be his money because if he is taking bribes, that's what ma- makes sense. He doesn't want a, a paper trail. Possibly. So he yeah. does hard paper. But we live in a world of crypto. Like, I think it's very... Crypto's not safe. Yeah, yeah crypto. They, they, they got AI that can track yeah. all that this stuff. This guy's been hard Monero, on crypto, maybe, Zcash. This guy was notoriously uh, pushing hard against one of the crypto uh, companies, uh, what was it, like a year ago. I read that earlier today and I didn't, didn't dig into uh, how bad it was, but it's like, it's like uh you know harmonious that this guy who's anti crypto is taking bribes. So like, what you know who's the real villain in this situation? Yo, look at these gold bars! Wow, they gold bars. What do you do with gold bars? Put them in a this, safe. It says Swiss Bank Corporation. I know, but like, look, man, I know gold is valuable, but how are you going to move this amount of money? Like, what's your plan? If you're a regular person. And you are like, I would like to hedge, you know, have a hedge or, 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 you know, a hard asset or whatever. It's like, oh, okay, I totally get it. Totally get buying gold. I have a little bit. I have most more silver than gold, but no, it makes sense. But if you're taking bribes, what are you going to do with it? There was a bunch in lots of envelopes, different envelopes. That makes me think that they're, they're going to traffic them. They're going to start trafficking cash off site. They may have already started trafficking cash off site if they're in little envelopes. Well, I mean, you, you know, what's kind of funny about this, though, is this is a very old school New York, New Jersey political scandal. He has a bunch of cash money, gold bars, mafia, very a- aesthetic going there. Uh, you know, it, it kind of amuses me to tell you the truth. It is, <laughs> it's an old school political it scandal. It is very right? like Breaking Bad, <laughs> right, Ozark, right, right. you know, right. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, yeah. So this is uh, Menendez was going hard on Venezuela's uh, talk of involving utilizing crypto okay now i i I, I got i just gotta say right here 
Nah, this doesn't move move, move the needle for me. I mean, it, he's got a couple grand in 50s. He's got 20s right there, and it looks like it might be like... Let's say 1,400? 1,400, maybe, in 20s. If they're super rich, having like 1,000 bucks in a pocket somewhere, a couple, like, uh, I'm, I'm okay. I, I, I can understand that right. for whatever. Mm -hmm. But that stack of hundreds, I'm like... For what? For what purpose? Well, it's now, in, now the in the envelopes because if, if a drug dealer has like a big block of weed, that's one thing. But if they have a bunch of little baggies of it all split yeah, up, yeah, that's right. intent to sell. That's right. intent to move. Basically, yeah. is I, I mean, how rich is this guy? What's his net worth? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really. I don't really buy that he was attempting to move the money. I think he was just sitting on it. Honestly, Probably, I yeah. I have a feeling. You know, if you're if you got gold bars like what what is what does move mean to you is Give it to his friends send it overseas i'm not right. sure put it all in right. a pocket every time every week once uh, all, right, all right oh, hold on we got opensecrets.org saying that his net worth as of 2018 was five hundred and forty one thousand dollars. <laughs> ain't no way <laughs> ain't no way someone whose net whose net worth is just a half a mil is dropping five ten k in the coat pocket and ignoring it if this dude was worth a couple mil, I'd be like, maybe he was out partying with the boys at a bar. He took out a bunch of cash. Maybe he was mm -hmm. doing Vegas or whatever. I don't know. There's, there's, there's you, you, I mean, you know, there's reasons, but not a dude who's worth this. And his assets are apparently his house. So he's worth half a million dollars, but 375 is his house. And it's then like, he makes 175,000 a year. Man. That it's is like weird, weird for him to be worth so little money, honestly, from, from. I don't think, I can't believe this, right? Where, like, he's a New yeah, York. But he's, they've got, they got to file their disclosures, though. Yeah. Okay, hold on here. Uh, I don't know what CA Club India, it says his net worth is 18 million. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, that says, sounds I, But I don't, I don't know which one's, which one's real. I know that he's got to, uh, uh, you've got. Well, the he, Open Secrets was 2018, right? So. Right, it was a, a while ago. Changed, yeah. I mean, wow! Being uh, being in, in government makes you a lot of money. Apparently, yeah. you know. According to what is this, wealthypersons.com, six. Bob Menendez googled how much is one kilo of gold worth around the time his wife accepted alleged bribes. Wow! <laughs> I Google that uh, probably once a week to check on the price. Mm. And like, you guys know on. that. Um, what if he his, barely his daughter knows is an MSNBC host, and it's oh. all his wife? Imagine, his, his, imagine your wife getting <laughs> his daughter. Oh. His his daughter is a host on MSNBC. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Really? really? Yeah. Daughter. Who, do you guys know who gave the bribe, alleged bribe? Does it say in the article? It doesn't. I don't think so. Bob Menendez is... Alicia? Let's see. Uh, yeah, uh, Alicia. Alicia Menendez, uh, anchor for MSNBC. Mm, is she still, I think? Uh, she's She has hosted... Uh, well, I, I'm pretty sure she does stuff for them. But, you know, is it any, is any surprise to... to, to like it's it's one big happy family tree, everybody. Mm. You know this is what they do. Yeah. Granted, I'll say it again. Like innocent until proven guilty. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I I don't care for this. They they Bob Menendez googling how much is a kilo of gold worth doesn't prove that he took a bribe. Right. Like for all we know, his wife bought gold, and they were like, "We're gonna get rid of this guy because he's not playing ball with us." Yeah. I don't I don't trust Bob Menendez. I mean, he's been accused of a lot of things before, and so I'm not giving. I mean, first of all, for the most part, Democrats ain't getting the benefit of the doubt from me. Right. You know. Well, that's the thing is the system is so corrupt these days that it shouldn't be like this. But the minute I but see them go after someone. Yeah, exactly. The minute I see them go after someone, my first instinct isn't, okay, what do they do in the terms of the crime? It's why are they going after him? Right. And I think that's kind of a natural reaction we have in a lot of American life these days. You know, let's let's let's, let's talk about this. I want to jump to this story from CNN. 
Dallas mayor switches parties to join GOP. All right. We just covered a story about a Democrat being accused of taking bribes, being corrupt. And uh, I think for most of you who watch our show, you probably don't have a very favorable view of Democrats, nor the majority of the Republican Party. But the Democrats, I, I widely view as corrupt tribalists who are just career politicians who are trying to extract what they can from the system. And so here you have this guy. This is Dallas Mayor Eric Johnson responding to questions during a news conference. And there are two issues that are brought up because of this. Let me read a little bit. Dallas Mayor Eric Johnson announced Friday that he's switching parties and will serve as a Republican-affiliated mayor of the blue-leaning city. While the Dallas mayoral office is nonpartisan, Johnson previously served as a Democrat in the Texas legislature. He slammed his former party in an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal published Friday, blaming Democratic policies for exacerbated crime and homelessness. Quote, The future of America's great urban centers depends on the willingness of the nation's mayors to champion law and order and practice fiscal conservatism. Our cities desperately need the genuine commitment to these principles, as opposed to the inconsistent poll-driven commitment of many Democrats that has long been a defining characteristic of the GOP. So to clarify, the mayoral position is not a partisan position, so they usually don't say like the mayor's affiliation, but he is, he, he, he was a Democrat. He ran, you know, in, in, in this style, this affiliation. Now he's saying he is going to be joining the GOP and will be Republican affiliated as mayor. The question I have is first, if someone is a, is a, in a Democrat city as, as a high level politician, and they're going to switch to the GOP, either they're saying I'm retiring or they believe this is their, their path to maintaining their yeah, position yeah. and serving their constituents. Secondly, this is a black mayor in a Democrat city saying he's going to vote Republican. And we have more polling coming out from the Wall Street Journal, uh, uh, published in the Wall Street Journal and several other outlets showing that Trump is polling very, very well among black and Hispanic Americans. I'm wondering if this is indic- if this is a component of this as well. If this is an, another individual who is polled and is outright saying no more Democrat, now a Republican. I have a feeling that this is that the conditions at the border are a significant factor in why the Dallas. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This mayor is switching sides. I, I can't see, I can't imagine that. The people of Texas who are the most immediately affected by the the border crisis, I can't see them saying, oh, it's fine. I can't see them saying, oh, it's no big deal. These people that live in Texas, like they know they have friends that are in the, in the border region and stuff like that. I mean, granted, Texas is a big state, but still like these people are living with it every day. And you see videos all the time of, of caravans of people coming to the border. I just read a, a piece that said 300, there was a, there was a, a record that 300,000 people crossed the border or were uh, detained or apprehended, maybe is the best word, uh, 300,000 people in one month. It's a record. I mean, the federal government is totally abdicated their responsibility with that of, of securing the border. The, the clown administration that we have put Kamala Harris in charge and she hasn't done anything at all. They tried to deal with the, uh, the, the, the dude, uh, what's his name? Not Mendez. Um, 
he was just on Capitol Hill talking to the uh, talking to Congress, uh, the head of Homeland Security. Either way, talking to him, there's there talking about uh, about impeaching him. I think his name is Maricus. Maricus. Yeah. yeah, talking about impeaching him, and I don't know if anything's been done, but he has not done his job. I so, I, I think I here, here's how I see it. There's that meme that I've brought up where it said, no one is trying to solve the problems. They're trying to get yeah. rich enough to where the problems don't affect them. And I'm like, that's a great motto for the modern Democratic Party. Oh yeah, Help us get rich enough so that your problems are no longer our problems. I wonder or what, like the problems affecting you won't affect us is a better way to put it. Mm -hmm. I wonder what this means for 2024 because obviously if you know anything about Texas and the reason why people are scared it's quote unquote going blue is two major population growths. It's in Austin and Dallas, right? And so if you're starting to see, like Tim said, is a possibility, which is he's actually maybe doing it for a political reason because he believes that the city of Dallas is going to become more right wing. I could see that translating to the rest of the country too. And I do think you're not going to see Democrats do as well in big cities as they did in 2020 because crime, homelessness, illegal immigration, uh, all of it's adding up. So I wonder if there's something of an urban, a new urban appeal for the Republican Party, not to obviously win a majority of any of these cities, but at least to crack. You know, I, I'm sure the Democrats need a certain quota. That way they can outnumber the rural areas of a state like Texas or Georgia or even Michigan up in the Midwest, states like that. So. I wonder what it means for 2024. Yeah, I really do. The toxic compassion route has failed them. That's for sure. Like right. the, bring as many people, unlimited, more, 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 more people, more people, more people. And then all of a sudden you realize you're surrounded by homeless people that, that don't have food. And, and, and you know, it's interesting. I'm from Los Angeles. You know, most of the family, friends and stuff we grew up with are Democrat. But I'm noticing a very real trend in the people I knew growing up now trending, I'd say more independent maybe moderate maybe some even just have flat out become republicans because they're just seeing it's too expensive crime you know it's it's dangerous homelessness everywhere we just can't do this anymore so like i said i'm not going to sell anyone here a delusion that oh my gosh republicans are going to suddenly flip la or california but like i said in, in swing states where the big city is our problem i think a few points off of popularity for the democrats could make the difference in one of these states, you know, in, in the presidential election. I don't know if uh, the immigration would be as heavy as it is without the Internet. I don't know if the Internet's played yeah. a part in, in allowing this to happen or if it's just allowed us to see what's happening. Because I think if this had happened without an Internet, it would be happening without us knowing. And right. then all of a sudden one day we'd wake up and there would be six, 60 million people from foreign countries in our country. We yeah, wouldn't yeah. know. And they'd already be here yeah. controlling things. Now we can kind of see it in real time and, and adjust and maybe help prevent a catastrophe. Yeah. And I think people are willing to alter their political parties at the very least if, that, if they feel like that might make a difference. Or maybe just sit home. You know, the, I think that's another issue. You talk about black turnout. I'm not I don't think Republicans are going to come close to winning a majority of the black vote. But I think a lot of these people who they normally bust to the polls and all of that in the inner cities might just say, uh, I don't really care for this right now. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I think you could see that, too. Just a drop off in turnout of their base, even if it's not for us. Right. 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 I think that's actually what the polls uh, show. Yeah. That, that, or I, sh I should clarify. There are there are polls showing conservatives improving but i think what you actually see when you look at the bigger picture is that disaffectedness it, yeah, right, yeah support for democrats is way down and support for republicans up a little bit right so there are some people who are like i'm gonna vote for the other guy but most people are just saying i am not voting democrat there's no fuel there's no fuel like people didn't vote for biden they voted against trump right right he's not the president right now the president's biden so if you're feeling like life sucks right now 
you got to look at President Biden and be like, he's not the guy. Anybody but him. So it may not be pro-Trump people, but they're just yeah. like, you're like, like you said, they might just stay home. They might not go out and vote. They're like, I can't vote for Trump, but I'm not voting for Biden again. And think about all the people who, you probably know people like this, that say, if it's Trump versus Biden, I'm just going to leave that blank. Yeah, that helps Trump because yep. Trump has a base and Biden doesn't less so. So, yeah, we'll Trump, see. Trump not, certainly not only has a base, but he has disaffected liberals. Yeah, he, th there are a lot of people who don't like Trump who will vote for him mm -hmm. because Trump's personality issues and ego is nothing compared to Biden's failures with the economy, foreign policy failures, Eastern European war. These are, mm -hmm. these, these are all just apocalyptic failures for a president. It's true. It's and it's. I mean, it is possible that he and Hunter, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden got us into this war in the Middle East. Obviously, oh, Russia. You mean in Ukraine? Yeah, I called I call it the Middle East. <laughs> it's near it's the, Middle the Middle East. East. It's all kind of one area. You know, Turkey is Turkey, the Middle East. It's right next the to The Middle it. East of Europe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like if they went there and did some, if Hunter went there and then got bribed to be go on an energy board for Burisma and they were, and then Biden just was like, yeah, let's make some money off this. And then we got into a war like that's the most true maybe not treason maybe not treason but like what selling out the country for sending the country into a war to make profit i think that? it would be treason but i guess treason is specifically I, providing aid to a foreign adversary in time of war i think that i don't think that it's that personal like i don't think when it comes to the war in ukraine i think that there's a whole apparatus that is interested in seeing russia uh you know hurt and seeing uh well actually just mostly russia hurt i think the the support yeah. from ukraine comes from the united states saying it is better for our foreign policy to have a weaker russia so when russia decided they wanted to attack ukraine or invade ukraine the u.s said we will help ukraine we will keep feeding them arms and essentially it's the same model that you know you we used or the u.s used when there were the russians were in afghanistan right so you were feeding arms and ammunition and money to the mujahideen and they were fighting russians so that way the russians would feel the same pain that the u.s felt when the u.s was in vietnam fighting the vc and that was being funded by the russians and the chinese this is the kind of thing that happens or has happened uh, regularly since the end of World War II, because the Russians and the United or the U.S. and the Ru and Russia can't get into an actual confrontation themselves because it'll likely turn into a nuclear war. These kind of uh, military actions are horrible, and you see, you know, war crimes are being posted on X every day. I just saw one. There's a dude trying to surrender to a drone, and they keep dropping bombs on him because, well, he's the bad guy. Well, that's a war crime. If he's trying to surrender, and they keep dropping hand grenades on him to kill him, that's a war crime. And you see this stuff all the time. And it's normal in these kind of, uh, well, it's normal in war, and it's it really does benefit the U.S. strategically to have Russia engaged in a war and have Russia weakened by you know having a bunch of people die. It's gotten so dark, Phil. Like I'll, I'll watch these videos and you see the people gathered around the tablet flying this drone and they're laughing because they're disconnected from the carnage and the chaos they're causing. To be well, fair, though, if you if if someone invades the United States, all bets are off. Sure. You know, if someone invades your country, like war crimes are for like people that are in like the U.S. when they were in World War Two had to worry about war crimes when they were in France. Right. Nobody was looking at the French saying you're committing war crimes because, right. you, you know, you're cutting Nazis heads off or whatever. Well, the Nazis invaded, you know, that's what happens. And that's what tends to happen in war generally. But it doesn't make it, you know, doesn't make it any less of a war crime.
Well, here's the thing. It's interesting. You say, you know, the U.S. thinks it strategically helps us to be funding this war or whatever. But I would kind of make a counter argument to that, which is in many ways we pushed Russia and Ukraine into this spot. You kind of look at the history of the uh, the Minsk Accords and stuff over the years. You know, the United States has stepped in repeatedly and told Ukraine, don't negotiate with Russia. You know, they kept fanning the flames of this. But then what has happened now as a consequence of that? is Russia now in the moment may look kind of stupid. Hey, look, their invasion isn't going so well. Ha ha. Uh, but what's long-term, what's long-term happening is Russia is being back now into the corner of China and, you know, they're all together now and, and meeting and there's an alliance there. It's obviously forming. People say, oh, that's inevitable because they're both authoritarians. That's not true at all. When you look at the history of Russia and China, there's a reason why they've actually been a little bit more isolated and Putin's been nervous about going into China's hands, even when they were both... Uh, communists, right? The Soviet Union and Mao's China didn't even get along. Um, and I think Putin's been in this position the past few decades where he's not sure, do I want to be Western or Eastern, tries to play both sides. We could have potentially, if not an ally, at least neutralized a very strong threat in having uh, Russia not on the side of China and isolating China. But instead, what we've done through the whole course of Basically, in many ways, I would argue inciting this war and definitely feeling the flames of it is now long term. We have a very powerful axis that we constructed ourselves and now are going to have to fight at once. And maybe they want it. Yeah, maybe they want it. They create they, they create a problem. Yeah, that gives them a crisis that they can use to exploit and implement new policies, plans. Maybe, dialectic. but I'm going to just yep. err on the side of stupidity over malice on this one. I agree. I think that the the argument that a weak Russia makes a strong U.S. is flawed, and I would argue yeah. with any defense contractor, any any anyone in the administration, anyone that wants to talk, because a a. a Weakened Russia becomes a desperate Russia, and a desperate Russia has nuclear weapons. That's not good for American sovereignty. A strong Russia has nuclear weapons too, though. Unless we are not concerned with their nuclear weapons for some reason. Maybe, yeah, that's true. And also, weakened Russia seeks allies elsewhere, and we don't want that. Doesn't make a strong America. This is a little bit of a non sequitur. I heard that uh, Musk is contracting with the Feds to build Star Shield. Or something, uh, which is essentially the Iron Dome in the U.S. Star Shield. I don't know oh. if this is true. I, 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 it's, it's a rumor that I heard, so I don't, I don't have any information on oh, it. That's from a year ago. So yeah. SpaceX cool. unveils Star Shield, a military variation of Starlink satellites, secure satellite networks, well, a digital okay. Iron Dome. Okay, so that's so. Then this is just an internet. System, oh, it's a security it? system. Well, it's a security. Does that mean like laser defense? Well, I imagine it could be if you've got multiple satellites that are. It's you it's know, just it's just Starlink for the government. Okay, it's a it's an isolated network so that it okay. protects the, the government. Yeah. Star Shield. Dude, defending a, your satellites. I mean, in the near future, you yeah. have things up there that can space hit it with bullets. I mean, the thing is, if you <laughs> can space get drones. if you can get a, a a you know a constellation of satellites similar to Starlink, then you can identify. You know, uh, missiles that are that are being shot from anywhere in the world. You can pick them up as they're they're getting off the ground. And the idea is, hopefully, you can shoot them down before they get over the U.S. If you, I mean, they have big lasers that they put in C five A's that can shoot down missiles. And so, if you can get them before they actually try to deliver their MIRVs or whatever, that might be that might be part of it. So, I mean, this and is low 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 orbit satellite is the yeah. vehicle for these laser interception systems. Mm-hmm. So it, but it, how, how would they collect and store enough power? Even with satellite, 
to store enough power for a directed energy weapon is it's 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 insane. It's going to be like years of charging up. I imagine that it, they can even hold it. I imagine that they're just to identify and 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 notify the the U.S. that there is some and kind ground of level. something going on. Yeah, when it takes off, and then like I said, you put a C five in the air with a big uh, chemical laser yeah. in it, and they you know because you can scramble if it's got thirty minutes, you can scramble a C five in. 10 if you right. have them on standby get them in the air and get them before they're you know, i kind of feel like they'd probably just go the traditional iron dome or thad method which is maybe. launching rockets at rockets should be yeah, or could be yeah i mean l- maybe lasers is the last resort but the range on them is not going to be strong enough the range on the lasers yeah i mean by the time there's enough power in the laser at least based on what we understand the nuke is already in a very damaging radius of whatever the target is but if they have these la- laser systems you know strategically placed far outside of civilian or military areas okay then perhaps but if, if we're talking about a mer from russia which is going to be in the stratosphere i don't know man send a plane to intercept it and hope that the laser mounted on you know that's what i think it yeah. is I, I know that they do they they have tested uh lasers on you know mounted in big cargo planes because they're they're massive and they take up a lot of space and they're chem they're chemical lasers if i understand correctly um but again i'm i'm not an expert at all so this is this is me relating what i've read um so but you know i imagine that that would make you know russia less of a threat but i still don't think that uh i wouldn't trust it anyway (laughs) no well i mean it's (laughs) world war three you're gonna count on your survival hey the government built some lasers um i don't think it would happen (laughs) hosted payloads it says on its website spacex says starshield will have an initial focus on three areas imagery communications and quote hosted payloads the third of which effectively offers government customers the company's satellite bus the body of the spacecraft as a flexible platform hmm. well what does that what does that mean like it's going to carry something hosted for payload sounds like a virus well the pay- right. send. Yep. a payload is is usually some kind of weapon you know if right. you're talking about the payload on a nuclear weapon that's the that's the the warhead would be the payload so i don't know exactly what Hey, look, if the U.S. So this, this goes does full remi- low-orbit ion cannon, I'm not complaining. Right. This does remind I mean, I actually me a lot. Am, but it's funny. <laughs> this, do- this does remind me a lot of the Star Wars stuff in the 1980s, so I wonder hmm. if this is actually a serious idea or just, you know, bluffing like it was in the 80s, obviously, with Reagan. I don't know. He, he, he had some, for people not, not familiar, he had some plan, some crazy plan with SDI. lasers, whatever it is. Yeah, it to, they called it Star Wars as a joke. Yeah, to shoot yep. down Russian nukes, and the whole thing was... Hmm blunder a uh, uh, bluff but the point of it i guess intuitively was, was what i thought it was just that they didn't have the technology at the time well i think part of the reason they talked it up that way was because they wanted to get the soviet union to, to you know run up their Spend military money, budget yeah. and basically blow up yeah mm. now they have hypersonic the hypersonic weaponry i don't know enough about it it's actually slower <clears throat> it's slower than regular in a continental yep. oh why is it why is it touted as uh, indefensible then? They're like, we you can't shoot down our hypersonic stuff. Because they're uh, talking about missiles, whereas an ICBM actually goes into orbit. And to get into orbit, it's 20,000 miles an hour is, is the, what you have to, is how fast you have to go. Something like that to break Earth orbit. Whereas hypersonic would be, you know, uh, what's the, the speed of sound is oh, yeah. 750 miles an hour. Or it's something five, like that. I think they travel five times speed of sound. It has something to do with uh, hypersonic missiles travel low, closer to the Earth yeah. and are harder to uh track and respond to so with um icbms they go up they go high they go fast but the higher it goes with the curvature of the earth the the more the more range we have for detecting them whereas hypersonics are low and slow the escape velocity of earth is 33 times the speed of sound so that a uh a hypersonic missile is actually significantly slower than an icbm okay 
but yeah, hypersonic missiles. So this is uh, check it out. Here you go. Yep. We, oh, this is from a couple days ago. This is amazing. Hypersonic missile weapons are super fast. So you can see ballistic missiles, hypersonic and cruise. Hypersonic stays low and is outside radar detection before, and then it's too late. Yeah, this Boom. says the U.S. Navy is developing wow. directed energy systems as a potential defense against hypersonic. It's a cool graphic. And uh, that's military, military aerospace.com talks about the Navy's laser weapon defense. And if they're talking about laser weapon defense openly, then they've probably got some nasty laser weapon defense. And so so like this a is Star Wars bluff, like you were saying mm-hmm. earlier. This is, this is basically what my point was. You can see right here in the graphic. Uh, they don't show the, the, the graphic that I, wa- I watched a, a while ago about this shows the curvature of the Earth and explains why radar detection is limited. And it's because as the Earth curves, the radar goes out. And so there are certain areas where you're not going to see anything at the ground level and the hypersonics track closer to the ground and then slam to the target before you realize it. The Boeing YAL-1 airborne laser tested uh, weapon system was a megawatt class chemical oxygen iodine laser mounted inside a modified military Boeing 747-400F. It was designed as a missile defense system to destroy tactical ballistic missiles while in boost phase. I don't know if it's actually... I don't know that it's being so, used so, as tested. So apparently these hypersonics go 20 times the speed of sound. So maybe, oh, wow. So they could break Anywhere orbit. on the earth in a matter of hours. Yeah. In it, it was it? In less than an hour. Holy crap. In less than one hour. Man. That's wild. You know, one day there's going to be like some prominent personality who's leading the charge against war or something. And then before anyone even realizes it, there's going to be a crater where his house used to be. Mm. And it's going to be, we have no idea what happened. No, no one could see it. <laughs> I mean, look, Russia, it's pretty clear that Russia shot down that uh, Prigozhny guy. They shot down oh, yeah. his, his Prigozhin, yeah. They shot down his plane. So I, I, I imagine that kind of technology in the hands of a, you know, a regime like Russia or, you know, some other uh, less than democratic uh, regime would do just that. Smoke someone that is irritating them without like, blow a 16 year old in a, a But what if, what if Starshield? is actually radar detection from space to track hypersonics. That's what I imagine. So take, t- take a look at this, right? They're showing right here in this graphic that the signal, the, the wave, is coming from the ground and going up, and the radar can't detect beyond this, uh, this, this you yeah. know, angle. What if you had a radar from space? Mm-hmm. Then you'd have the inverse. Then it would be yeah. able to see everything happening like yeah. a spider web, anything that comes in, you can pinpoint it with thousands of satellites up there. You know exactly where it is. Now you've got space radar, in which case it's hypersonic. You can track. I like how the cruise missile just doesn't make it anywhere. It's just like 14 minutes. It barely moves. When was the cruise missile invented? How long ago was that? Oh, goodness. I don't know. Oh, I wonder. I wonder if that was uh, that's probably still after was, uh, rocketry. I mean, V2. And 70s, 70s, I imagine, because they, they were using cruise missiles. Cruise missiles were the first thing I remember seeing when in the first Iraq yeah, war. I was yeah. 15 years old, and like they'd started sh- shoving cruise missiles down Saddam Hussein's neck, and, and it was it was impressive you know, as a kid to be like, whoa, Is that's actually the, happening, um, you know? The missile that Trump dropped while he was president, the mother of all- Moab? Was that a cruise missile? No, that's a that is a gravity bomb. They call it. It's a thermobaric bomb. So it actually, when it hits the ground or when it when it detonates, first it shoots out a bunch of uh, gas that blows up. Oh, interesting! Ignites the gas. It looks like the first cruise missile was invented during World War One by the Americans, but it wasn't used. Really? And and during the interwar period, not many people were working on, but Germany went hard on on the rockets. And I could be wrong about the way that it works. I could be thinking of a different thing. Sure. the Mo- I know the Moab is a big. It was. It's the biggest munition that is not a nuclear weapon. 
Hmm. The, and to, to clarify, a cruise missile specifically is a missile that's that's uh, supposed to hit a target on land. That's the, the point of it. That's why they call it a cruise missile, I guess. They were launching the V2, at it. the vengeance weapon. The Venge- V stands for vengeance, the V2 rocket? It's the... <laughs> Vergeltung Swap. <laughs> The V2s were the ones where the British pilots had to like tip them out of the way, right? Am I getting that one right? It was a Nazi I know that, yeah, Yeah, because they weren't that fast, but it was a completely new technology. Hmm. I don't know. You mean like with their plane? So they'd have to fly fly alongside it, and then you tip it with your wing, and it's just enough to veer it out off its course. Yeah. Yeah, no, it wasn't really that effective from what I hear. They just had a lot of them, and no one else did. They poured their well, research and development into the V two program. That was that was part of Hitler's problem: is he always wanted to focus on very sci fi esque at the time futuristic ideas instead of what was practical, and this was one of them. You know, it just it didn't do the damage to London and England that was worth all the money they put into it. Yeah, and, they yeah. wanted to just rocket England all day, yeah. every day, and then the nukes got invented. So everyone's saying V one is the the missile that I'm talking about is the predecessor to the V2 is the one that British would just tip out of the way with their own plane. Have you seen, I think the oh, V3 really? then was the giant gun, right? The giant cannon that went for several miles. And like I said, it's a scythe. Oh wow. It's a giant gun. Are you talking about the one that was on a rail? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And didn't they just blow it up or whatever? You can I just bomb it. You know? <laughs> the V3 cannon, the German yeah. super gun. Yeah. I've never, yeah. Ever heard, of I've never heard of it either. They had Whoa. this big cannon that was, ridiculously big it had to be moved on rail and and it was not practical hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Whoa. I mean, anything that you have to, that has to be like on rail to move, that's completely impractical. Yeah. And it's easy to bomb. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to destroy. Yeah. 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 Before like World War One, when they just had hot air balloons and stuff, they were extremely effective artillery on rail. But now with air support, it's they're just targets. Yeah. I mean, not just targets, but they're easily targetable from space. And, you know, I talk with a lot of confidence about military tech. I'm not a military guy. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I, I defer to anyone with combat experience or that's an expert on the weaponry because I love hearing about this stuff. It's crazy. I survived the meme more. 2,754 civilians killed in London by V2 attacks and 6,523 injured. But see, that's not really a lot no. when you consider the total death during the war and the amount of money that went right. into that versus the return. That two, was the problem, yeah. Two people per rocket. It's, uh, per rocket right, that's not a really good investment no. at all. They'd be yeah. better off putting rocks on blimps and just having the rocks fall. I mean, we, you're you're right and we say that Japan now. did this with bombs. Yeah, if you think about, think about the uh, the amount of money that was spent in iraq like every time that they shot a hellfire at like a goat herder you know you because they do because it would just be some random dude that got paid you know whatever a hundred bucks or whatever to go up on the hill and with his old 1910 springfield rifle or whatever take a couple pot shots at the at the base because the point is to just harass the americans and the americans reply was calling the helicopters and they just started lighting up the whole hillside oh these are those uh fugo bombs yeah they yeah this is crazy japan would send up balloons carrying bombs 
that would ride the jet stream for thousands of miles and then eventually drop the bombs on the United States in random locations. Most of them just hit fields, though. That's a problem with trying to do that to the U.S. especially. It's such a spread out country. Sounds like China China was able to do it again. They found out a way to get a balloon over us. (laughs) Man, that's crazy. And I, I remember when I was little, I watched a documentary about it. And it was like it had this system where if it started to go too low, pressure the, the pressure in the in the balloon would you know be going uh, down, mm-hmm. and then it would cause a bag to drop, which would then make it go back up where the pressure would expand. Oh. And then as it started to go back down, it would oh. drop another go back up. Yeah, and they timed it through these mechanisms to drop once it traveled a certain amount of you know time to hit the United States. Yeah, I, w- I watched some video. Apparently, like some kids found a bomb and hit it with a rock, and it blew up and killed them or something. Oh my wow. gosh! Well, I mean, like you're running through the woods and you find an explosive device. Kids are stupid. That's the sad part about what's happening in Ukraine now too. I imagine the mine they're mining the, mine, the field yeah. is yeah. just not only depleted uranium rounds underground; they're just irradiating the soil. But like, just the 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 landmines and stuff drones. that are left over. Drones that go rogue that fly off, and they're like, I don't, I don't know where it went. You know, we didn't see it explode. It's just gone. We don't know where it went. The kid's going to find that drone, you know? Like, people are going to find it. They're going to stumble across it. Oh, here we go. Look at this. May 5th, 1945, six civilians were killed near Bly, Oregon, when they discovered one of the balloon bombs in Fremont National Forest, becoming the only fatalities from Axis action in the continental U.S. during the war. That's what I was going to say. I think it only hit people once. I guess they didn't even hit them. They found it. Right, right? exactly. This this must have been the story. It's uh, Reverend Archie Mitchell and his pregnant wife drove up Gearheart Mountain the day with five of their Sunday school uh, students in a picnic when Archie was parking the car, Elsie and the children discovered a balloon and carriage loaded with an anti-personnel bomb on the ground. A large explosion occurred. The four boys uh, were killed instantly, while Elsie and Joan Patsky died from their wounds shortly after. An army investigation concluded the bomb had likely been kicked or dropped and that it had lain undisturbed for about one month before the incident. So that's what it was. I was that must have been what I had been watching. So they kicked it, I guess the assumption was. The kids ran up to it and they're like, hey, look, an explosive. And they kicked it and then it blew up. So and people got to understand, too, there are undetonated bombs in in uh, Southeast Asia. Oh, boy, be careful. <laughs> there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of places. Um, I, have, I had a friend who went to Cambodia and uh, was working with uh, at, like the, these. Uh, I, I, I don't I don't remember the exact story, but he was talking about how there are landmines everywhere. And to navigate these fields, there are footsteps and you're jumping from footstep to footstep in the dirt because you know that's the only place, that's the only way you know that you're safe and you won't blow up. And I was talking about going, I was like, yeah, we were thinking of going because there are these people who are doing, uh, what they do is they release goats into these fields Mm -hmm. and then the goats explode. And so I was like, that's a crazy story and I'd want to cover that. And my, my friend was like, don't do it. (laughs) <laughs> he was like the scariest most stressful disturbing thing in my life was traversing these fields you don't want to do it trust me and we ended up not doing it but th- that's the general idea th- however the tank buster mines require the weight of a vehicle to detonate and so those are a lot harder to trigger and they're huge but for the smaller landmines, they just will get a bunch of goats and fields all yours and then boom 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 the goats are exploding Whoa. crazy yeah rough yeah they do another thing now where they have these big uh, they're, they take a big ball and there's a bunch of bamboo uh, sticks coming out with plates on the bottom. So it looks like, remember those suction cup balls? You'd throw at the wall and then it would suction cup its way down. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they look like that. And they the wind blows them around and they just blow up as they bounce around on landmines. Because okay. they're pretty heavy. 
Yeah, and then they just get damaged and keep going until eventually they fall apart. I would. I'm thinking that you could maybe vibrate the soil and trigger them all at once if you could somehow set up like tesla was working on sending they're, electrical they're, current they're, through the mechani- ground they're mechanical i mean you, you're not I, I would say you're on the right track you would need to heat them up substantially and detonate them somehow i would not do that maybe a plane flying not too high up just doing a laser sweep or something or like, like that. stick metal poles in the ground all over the place and then send a low frequency through or just tweak yes, the good frequency luck. until you good, hit the yes trigger. if you can navigate a field yeah, to stick really. poles in the ground yeah, that are covered in landmines how big is it you know how how much space do you need to to trigger explosives? I'm I'm telling Just you, more dude, explosives. You will you will not convince someone to invest in any of this technology when they can send goats into a field. I'm sorry, dude. They're going to be like, we got too many goats already. Send them in. Deer. How much? Oh, I mean, yeah. I like but goats. I mean, for the region, it's goats. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and then the goats just blow up. Or like an S strategic defense from above where you can like you can't see use lidar to, to map can. the ground and see where they are and then hit them with lasers. I mean, I suppose yeah. so, but you're talking about expensive and high tech and stuff. It's easier to shove. Goats Bro, in. you're gonna you're gonna go to the government and say we, we can too, spend right? two million dollars. Yeah, if it was, on in, the, LIDAR, if it was in Ohio, maybe they we got they'd we listen. got two million dollars for lidar or ten thousand for a bunch of goats. They're gonna be like, <laughs> just do the goats. Can I eat the goats when it's done? You're not I mean, going to want to pick those things up. You you can't. You're not. I mean, what if they missed a mine? You don't go into minefields. Like minefields are like there's an argue, a significant argument against mines. Like it, they get left in behind. They end up maiming kids. You see, you saw it through all kinds of uh, mines that were left behind in, after Vietnam and stuff like that. And and it it you know just ruins entire regions. And you have massive amounts of death and dismembered people and stuff, and it sucks. But what do you do when you've got tanks coming in you, coming at you? You know, like there's only so much, so many things that can stop a tank. You know, if you can, if you can knock the treads off a tank, but with a with a mine, then the tank's vulnerable. They have to get out of the tank. Then you can shoot the guys that are in the tank. But if you can't stop the tanks, tanks are gonna smoke you and your buddies. So. You deal with what you got, you know? You have to put mines out to stop them. You put mines out to stop them because, again, war is awful. War crimes are only war crimes if uh, if, if if you are the if loser. You lose. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, I guess the issue today is you don't need tanks if you can convince. So while propaganda has been a key component of war for the past 100 plus years, propaganda nowadays is um, it's 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 a million times uh, where where we were 100 years ago mm-hmm. you take a look at say a nuclear weapon uh, a merv 12 warheads 1250 times more powerful than the the bombs dropped on hiroshima and nagasaki you take a look at the explosive power and then go back in time to the origin of the first you know com- the first time someone ever discovered combustion or combustible materials and it's 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 what a thousand plus years like or whatever chinese yeah 200 right. ad they were, or they were doing it was fireworks it started with yeah and i forgot i it's forgot what they were guns. they were doing something impractical with them they, they had little rockets they would use to scare people or something because mm-hmm. they would like fly at you and then uh it took a thousand years to get to the point where we could just blow up an entire city with one bomb you take a look at propaganda and we'd have to drop pamphlets from planes and in a hundred years we can beam our thoughts into your brain no matter where you are china has a massive apparatus yep. for manipulating the American yep. public in TikTok. For the record, it was uh, 1044 AD when gunpowder was invented in China. And what was it for, did they say? Uh, it was for... Wasn't it for firecrackers just to celebrate? No, but I think there was it like was a... invented as a, by accident. They were trying to make an elixir of immortality. This is according wow. to Chinese sources. 
Well, most dis- most discoveries are they're well, called first di- known instance. They're discoveries because it was an accident. Something- so that that's like the moonshine thing where they're making moonshine and then they blow up. You know that kind of cliche. I guess it started in China. They were trying to live forever. So it's it's eight oh eight oh eight AD was the first reference to eight oh eight. Yeah, that's what it says on Wikipedia. Yeah, they, in the Warring States period, they had they had rifles. They weren't very good. Archers were actually flying more cloud fire. thunderclap eruptor. So right, I think it was. Uh, yeah, they were they were shooting stuff out of it. Yeah, I don't know. I read something that like the initial stuff they did was just like shock and awe. They didn't really have like yes. a good way to weaponize it. Yeah, you scare scare the horses. That's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. and elephants. If you have to fight sulfur, realgar, saltpeter, and honey. Mm-hmm. Smoke and flames result so that the hands and faces have been burnt, and even the whole house where they have been working burnt down. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. And the Chinese invented the compass 1,000 years before Europeans did. Crazy, right? Nice. They've been do- they were doing all sorts of crazy stuff. I love those Chinese men. They never really, they didn't really capitalize on on the potential, though. Like it, it they didn't well, have. Well, like- you know, that's what's interesting about as an Asian. I can say this, okay? <laughs> about Asian culture is that very smart, yes, but not a lot of creativity, and that's why even today you see throughout also a lot of history, right? Chinese invented gunpowder, weren't using it practically. Yeah. Who started using it in a real... Because you had to think outside the box. You've never <laughs> seen this before, right? And there's a very Asian culture of, you know, sort of this submissive, hey, follow the strict line, you know, do this, do that, but not a lot of creativity. And I think you see this... Oh, even in China for school, if you want to come to American school or whatever, like they'll just train you your whole life to take the SAT and you probably get a perfect score. But then what after that? What happens when you have to be, say, an engineer and you have to actually think creatively, right? Well, and it's something lacking in a lot of Asian culture. I, I, I like. love that for a thousand years they have gunpowder. These uh, Southeast Asians, Chinese, are like, look at this stuff we made. Look what happens when you light it. Like, whoa. And then the yeah. Europeans like, I could kill a lot of people with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like... Wait, what? <laughs> to be fair, the idea of killing people with it did come from China. I don't want to take that away from them. Right. Yeah. They have their their whatever it's called the was it uh, Huolongjing? What's Jing? that? It's the the Chinese military treaty. What is this? Uh, oh, oh, it's, uh, this is an uh, a flying cloud thunderclap eruptor, and it looks like a, a gun. It looks like they loaded it with powder. They put a hole in it. Man, that's crazy. Cannon, like a shotgun. Yeah, it's like a, a cannon shotgun. And, and it just shoots like metal and rocks and stuff. They would just use yeah, just ballista. I think uh, George crazy. Washington used to do that because they didn't. They were running low on munitions, so they'd just shove whatever they could find into the cannons and just blast them. So you're getting hit with rocks, sticks, pieces of metal, a boot. I got I to gotta tell you, it, it is really crazy when you think about that's like the railway all of the stupid stuff that we know from video games and movies would make you a warlord god, like demigod in, in th- 2,000 years ago or 1,000 years ago. You'd show up and be like, oh, yeah, I know how to, you know, start a fire. I know how to, like, you know, give me some bat crap and we'll start making some gunpowder. And they'll be like, making what? And then you'll and be like, like, what? Here, eat this mold and you'll feel better. They're like, what are you talking see the, about? See that red rock <laughs> right there? See that red rock over there? Yeah. Melt it. What do you mean melt it? Just light it on fire. Let's 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 roll. And then it's like, I look, I'll, like... I have no idea how to make steel, but I know it exists, which means I could go to them and be like, you need to like get carbon and iron and start doing something. And that is an advancement leaps and bounds above how long it took. Like if just the fact that I can tell them like, oh, you need uh, like bat crap, you know, just like we know little bits here and there. 
that took humans thousands, tens of thousands of years to figure out. And we just like watched a movie once and we have fragments of that information that if you went back in time and said, look, man, I have no idea how to make gunpowder, but I saw something about bat crap once. You've just jumped someone up 10 years, 20 years. Yeah. Sulfur. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's in the bat crap? Uh, well, it begins with a G. I potassium. Don't bat crap is guano. It's, oh, okay. it's a potassium uh, something. Potassium. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. You mix, you mix bat crap with... Uh, uh, bat crap. We should know this because is salt, is? saltpeter and and there was a, uh, a manufacturing of the that's crazy. The caves in West Virginia were used to manufacture uh, munitions for the Confederate Army. Bird because guano of, because they had a bunch oh. of bat crap, yeah. potassium nitrate, and then charcoal. Right, and that's sulfur. what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. So bird apparently works too. Oh, we got a bunch crap? of chickens out there. Could you make gunpowder from chicken crap? <laughs> it smells like it. <laughs> it smells worse than you that. Smell dude. that that sulfur coming off of it yeah i don't know i guess you need to get the but anyway my, my, my point is to stress not that i know how to make gunpowder or anything like that just that we've got a whole bunch of cursory knowledge like even even just the fact that we know things exist mm -hmm. we you go to something like hey you can make a thing called a compass where it's like i don't i don't know how they made it but it was a piece of metal and it was on a pin and it pointed we had an n in one area and then it would always point north and then someone's going to figure it out very very quickly relative to how long it took humans to actually figure it out Granted, you probably wouldn't be able to communicate effectively with them. You'd say bat crap, and they'd be like, I have no idea what he just said. They would hear you say gobbledygook. They'd probably just kill you before you got a chance. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. They'd be yeah. like, strangely dressed person. Like, if you go back 2,000 years and you show and you show up, people, like, the first thing that happens is they're pointing spears at you, screaming at you in, some, in a language you don't understand, and then they're just like, you're a slave. I'm, I'm only going if I can bring a gun. That's it. Well, yeah. have you seen, you've, you've seen, uh, it was Evil Dead or was it Army of Darkness? Which one was it? Yeah, my boomstick. <laughs> yeah, he goes back in time with the shotgun. <laughs> this is my boomstick. Has the chainsaw. The first one of you primates even touches me. God, what a great boomstick. movie. I feel how many like. How have? The, uh, how many, I, I would love to talk about Evil Dead, to be honest. That's an awesome, <laughs> awesome It's movie. a great movie, man. I, I think that the, the heroes of Atlantis had the compass, my guess. I don't want to take the, the show into conspiracy town, but. I I don't see how they could have circumnavigated the globe with the Earth on Atlas's back without uh, the compass, and then you know the way that they seem to have colonized Earth. So what, the importance of preserving data, because like we're saying, we have the data. If we could go back in time, but they might have had it back then. It's the key is to be able to preserve it, probably in orbit, in case a comet wipes out the surface <clears throat> in glass or something in orbit or in DNA. You can store data in DNA. Yeah. All right, that's my Appar derailment for the night. Apparently, people were saying online, I just did a quick search, that you can use, they call it chicken manure for wow. gunpowder, too. Hmm. So if you got chickens... But the bat... Tim knew this. That's why there's Chicken City outside. <laughs> Was the bat... I have, no, I, I have no idea how to extract saltpeter from any of this stuff. You, you, you need, like, alcohol or something? Uh, it, you need potassium nitrate, sulfur, and charcoal. But you need to, to get the potassium nitrate isolated, you need alcohol or something okay. like that. I don't know. And, like, I don't, I don't even know how to make alcohol apparently it's like a, you, you get like wood alcohol or something mm -hmm. well, he knows how to do this you talk about going back it's crazy that people figure this out hey let's take bat crap play no around no but, but yeah. that's not how it is it's not how it is it's uh so like bread for instance like how does how does bread come to exist some like people are, are milling about nomadic hungry they see wheat and they rip the, rip the top they see horses eating the tops and they're like hey look and they pull out and they're like hey i can eat this they start grabbing a whole bunch of it, bring it back home, and then they have a big. They, they're like, "Hey, this stuff's hard. You can't eat it." So they pull the the you know the the wheat groats out, put it in a big bowl, and start eating them. Then eventually, someone like, "Hey, I'm gonna heat mine up," 
because, you know, I don't like it cold. And we, we cook like humans figure out cooking. Then they heat it up. Then someone adds water to it. Then someone mashes it. It's just slowly over time. And the first bread is just like mashed grain. They put water in it and it made like a hard, flat bread. And then eventually somebody let their sit out on accident. It's just always one step at a time. Yeah, yeast mm -hmm. contamination. Contaminated right. the flour. Somebody, somebody probably was like, oh, grandpa has no teeth. He can't eat this. Let's break it up for him. So they mash <laughs> it. No, for real though. They, yeah. they mash it up. Then they put water in it and heat it. And they're like, here you go. And he's eating warm, warm dough paste. And then someone was like, let's get it real hot. And then they saw what happened to it. And they're like, look. And then they're like, well, now grandpa can't eat it again because now it's, it's hard. <laughs> and they're like, whoa. But then someone ate it like, hey, I like this. Then someone made the dough, left it out, yeast contamination. It got really big and they were like, whoa. And then they cooked it and they were like, oh, like, you know, it's Pen just. I think oh. penicillin was also found on accident. Yeah, oh, of course. It's all. It, look, that's why it's called discovery when it's discovered and not invention. You know what I mean? Or I mean, I, I, often it is called an invention, but typically it's discovery. We are discovering it. Yeah. It exists and we stumble upon it. Like uh, Ben Franklin discovered electricity. Didn't Did he really stuff. discover yeah. it? He rediscovered it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure that Zeus, I think Zeus had it if he could shoot lightning. I'm pretty, out of I'm his... pretty sure people had already been using it. I don't, I don't know yeah. that he, I, I would the Baghdad, he actually... For sure the Baghdad battery produced electricity. It's a clay pot filled with vinegar with, a, with an iron rod in it wrapped with a copper wire. And then you can chain these pots together and create electrical charge. That's like 3,000-year-old technology at the least. I mean, I got to be honest. Hearing this story about his kite experiment in 1750, 1750, 1752 just sounds insane. Dude, this man, this guy, Ben, I mean, this is, this, is, this is his country, man. This, is, this country is formed in this guy's belief structure. This is the guy that inceptualized the United States of America. Maybe I he had feel dirt like on someone, and they're like... All right, we'll let you say that you discovered electricity. I kind of feel like Madison did that because he's kind of the guy that's like the father of the Constitution. He wrote the, the I, Constitution. I handed so, it to so, Ben okay, because so, he came before everybody for 30 years and primed everybody for it. And like, so, so this is it. He did not discover electricity. He was trying to prove that lightning was electricity. Wow. Yeah. Mm. And so they could figure out a way to uh, stop lightning strikes on houses. So they created lightning rods which would then focus the mm -hmm. lightning strikes away from the wood and would stop blowing up houses. And But harnessing it, that came later? Harnessing it? Harness, what do you mean? They like, still uh, can't. I don't think so. Well, no, harnessing electricity, no, I mean, not, not lightning, just electricity itself. No, I, and they started I, making like... I, 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 I think they had always... Lines. I think for a long time there had been a general understanding, but I think people underestimate, you know, humans. I have to look it up. But I'm pretty sure there was some minor use for a long time. I mean, if you go back to the Baghdad battery, what is what was what was the uh, what's the assumption that they were doing electroplating? I think what, so. A bunch of clay was a bunch of clay pots. Yeah, with clay pots. You fill them up with vinegar, vinegar or or something acidic. So vinegar, wine. You could use lemon juice, and stuff they like would that. put copper wires in it. Yeah, it'd be an iron rod sticking down yeah. the middle of the pot, wrapped with copper wire, and that would produce an electrical charge on its own. Aliens. Because I gotta say, I can understand <laughs> inventing bread, but I can't understand how someone accidentally makes a battery. Like a battery like the Baghdad battery sounds like someone knew what a battery was and said, like, I'm trapped here in the desert with little supplies. I need to make some kind of battery. It's possible they had a cup, clay, like a clay drinking vessel, and they were drinking wine and they shocked themselves. Like they, maybe there was copper in it mm. and they, they got a true. shock. Yeah. I think ancient civilizations were a lot more advanced than people realize. Some of them forgotten, lost, whatever. I agree. All, all knowledge has been lost. Yeah. I think that... Uh, it's, it's funny when people talk about like the moon landing and they're like, we have Alex Stein on the show and he's like, how did we lose the technology, Tim? How did, I'm like, we lost tons of technology. Like the one, the one reference I, I have to bring up is that we, uh, 
we couldn't build skyscrapers above like eight floors or whatever when we started expanding and, and building upward because the heat would build up too much yeah. and we couldn't exhaust it fast enough. Mm -hmm. And then the air conditioner got invented and now it's like, now we can. But the crazy thing is there were, there were uh, like native African tribes that had built their, their uh, huts and structures to funnel heat up and out to keep the inside cool when it was hot outside. And it's like that technology existed over there mm -hmm. and not over here. Now, when we build buildings, they create like tunnels that will pull because uh, uh, the hot air is going to go up. So you they actually create a system where it pulls cold air from from the uh, from the ground and vents the hot air up up through the roof. So it reduces energy costs for building skyscrapers. Hmm. But we we forgot that. Not to mention the, the the Romans had concrete that could set underwater. And that's always no. the big one everyone references. I bet, Tons of technology has been lost. I think that information is way more valuable than people realize oh yeah uh, yes we've had such access to it as americans with libraries and internet now but like you lose it once it's gone like you might have a, a generation of, of memory bro of they humans, had to but like this is the crazy thing they had to invent the idea of freedom like so no but for real like that certain ideas don't exist in certain cultures and certain languages there's um there was like I was reading a thing uh, a while ago about words that that have complex meanings in certain cultures that don't translate very well. So in like one African culture, they have a word, they have a single word for the feeling you get when you are longing for someone, but you are watching them long for someone else, and you know you'll never have them. They have like a single wow. word to explain that idea, and it's like for us, we just I don't I don't know I don't what you call it, getting cucked. I don't know, like, <laughs> right? It's like we, we kind of have a meme for yeah. it. Covet, covet, not even. And then uh, uh, in France, yeah. they have the phrase, the call of the void. And it's it's a reference to when you're looking down from a from from a great height and you I've, feel a desire to oh, jump. Yeah. Heard of that. They just call it the call of the void. It's so weird. I don't know if they actually, yeah. I just read that in a magazine thing. Is that a vacuum pulling you towards it or something? No, it's call just of like. The, void. the way that I had heard it described <laughs> is like you're driving on a highway and you have that instinct to just jerk the steering wheel. You I'll know? feel it on the side. I've never a bad idea. I don't know about that. That's I've the one that it. I read. This is the way they described what? it. Yeah. I've, I've never experienced yeah. that. Yeah. I'll get I've like, had the like looking down from a great height and being like, wow, you feel like. You can just feel the jump. And it might be running. wind pulling you because I'll feel it on the subway track. When a subway car goes flying by, I'll feel pulled it's towards that's, the that's track. something it's different. all in your head. The, the, the call of the void is a yeah. reference to something specific. Yeah. That and, people want to jump from from like, I'm not saying jump to your death. It's like it's a, it's like to just jump down under the assumption that you're okay, you're fine. Hmm. So it's usually like you jump off a few feet and you walk away. But from great heights, you can't tell how high it is. I had a friend who broke her leg jumping off the second story of a building because she didn't realize how high it was. And it's like, mm. I used to hang. No, there was no intent drop. to hurt yourself. If you ever need to get out of the second story, you hang and then you drop. But down here, here, like here's the crazy. Feet. Here's the crazy thing about language. How do you there, there? You know, I remember the first time someone told me, oh, this word can't be translated. I don't know how to translate it. And I'm like, how do you not know how to translate a word? It's because the idea in your yeah. mind doesn't have words in another language. I think they don't have the word for love in North Korea. There's no word for snow in, uh, in. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and, uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
the whatever Hawaii, whatever the Hawaiian language is. You know, it's crazy to think about is not just the words, but how you perceive the world based on language, right? right? So yep. someone who speaks, someone can come into this country, for instance, and learn English, but they, if they think in the world in some like non even Western language, they perceive existing on earth in a totally different oh, yeah. way than we do you mm -hmm. know what they're I mean? different yeah. people like personalities right. change like people are like oh, i've heard like when someone speaks spanish they're like you're a certain way when you speak spanish but when you speak english you're a completely different way so so the main reason i brought all this up is the a lot of philosophical ideas that we take for granted heck the idea of of zero as a number had to be discovered yep and mm -hmm. so there was a period where if you went to if you went to the average person and said let me tell you about some math. So let's say you have, let, let's say you're starting at zero, right? They'll go, huh? Like, like zero, like, let's say you have nothing. They'll be like, huh? Yeah, because there's no nothing in reality. It's a weird concept. But it's just like, they're, they're, they don't know that. They don't understand that concept. We grow up, we learn these things. It becomes commonplace to us. So, you know, in today's day and age, you look at the, the philosophy that was written and these, these great philosophers who are coming up with these ideas and we're kind of like, it took, you, you, you had to figure that one out. I've always known, well, it's because we're surrounded by people who generally understand these things and that, that, that information is, 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 is given to us. Do you think that um, we're limited in our ability to think by the language we know? Yes. yes. Yeah. So you don't think we can think without language? You... Yes. There, well, to, no, to a certain degree, yes. There are different ways of thinking. There, there, uh, and I'm not going to pretend to know all of them or whatever. What I do know is, and depends on the person who's listening, but I'm assuming some people in here can think in words, images, sounds. Some people can't think in images. Some people think in, uh, they describe it as just like raw thought. There's no, there's no inner monologue. There's no voice. Uh, some people think in multi-track more than, more than one thing at a time. I, I have this weird thing where I can be daydreaming about my plans for a video game while I'm talking. And so I can be literally just autopiloting my ideas and language while I'm imagining what I'm going to do when I go back it's to like, my video game. It's like singing and playing guitar kind of at the same time at flow state or your body. But, but, but this is right. It's also how you can, you can write a song as you're playing. So it's, it's how people are freestyling. Their brain is planning the words ahead before they say mm. it. So it's multi-track freestyling mind. different thoughts at the same time. That's cool. So the important thing is uh, like the ideas of classical liberalism start to emerge around what, what was like late 1600s, 1700s. Yeah. Yeah. Enlightened, yeah when we start getting all that, those ideas and it's hard it's crazy to, to, to think that back then they did not have the concept of like personal responsibility and individual liberty like b before the united states for the most part i mean granted there's rome but it, after this period with european colonialism and, and european monarchy and stuff the general idea was that if you were a world leader it was it was because of divine providence god right. wills it mm -hmm. divine right and then all of a sudden you have the founding fathers being like i kind of think we're all equal and we're all people and you're just making that up and yeah. we should govern ourselves. And they're like, uh Oh, arguably the, the first time that that concept was actually like in put into law was the Magna Carta. And we talked about the Magna, right. Magna Carta a couple of days ago. Um, and that wasn't everybody. That oh. was the actual Lords trying to get some kind of uh, recognition from the King as equals. I don't think the actual peasants were, were written in the same way that the landowners were, but it was the first step towards all people are created equal in, in the eyes of God or, you know, or whatever. You know, you know, it really blew my mind the first time I read about the discovery of air. Whoa. What was yeah, that like? because we we are raised in a world where it is commonplace to understand we live in a gaseous atmosphere. But there was this dude 
And what they would do back in the day is they had these brass balls with holes in the bottom and a straw that comes up, a tube. And what they would do is they would put their, they would take it, dip it in water, put their thumb over the hole, pull it up, and then let go. And it would pour the water over them. So then this one dude is like, well, you put it in the water and then cover it. What if I cover it and then put it in the water? And when he did, no water went inside. And he goes, there's got to be something there blocking the water from going in. And that's where he came up with the idea of air because because there's nothing like you just can't see it. You don't feel it. The wind is like some element they would describe it as. And this guy was like, there's air. And then all of a sudden there was this discovery and this knowledge that people had like, oh, there is something there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. So who discovered Crazy. transgenderism? Because I'd like to go back in time and have a peaceful word with him. That's a, a yeah. long time ago. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about John Money and, but to go back to ancient knowledge and stuff. But yeah, yeah. Uh, who's the other guy? Kinsey, Kinsey. We got, we, you got you got to save that stuff for Seamus. But I just, I, 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 I'm sorry. I just love this idea when we're talking about Benjamin Franklin discovering electricity. You know, he's not really discovering it. No. He's like, I bet lightning is electricity. And then I just think about that and I'm like, wow, do we really take this stuff for granted? Because even right now, there's probably, well, it's a fact that there's a bunch of really stupid, obvious things we don't know as humans. And in a hundred years, they're going to be like, they didn't know that, like, you know, X was Y. I think we're psychic and it's going to be so obvious to people in the future. They'll be like, these morons took so long to accept it. Like when you call your friend and they're calling you at the same moment, oops, that it wasn't someone you didn't know calling you. It was the same person you were calling. Just weird stuff, you know, or where you can look at someone and kind of, you know what they're thinking without them having to tell you. I mean, maybe. I don't know about all that. Because I think it's like dreams would, and stuff like be, dreams. We haven't figured out what dreams are yet. They're going to tell in the future. They'll be like, those idiots. I mean, we have, we have ideas. But the interesting thing about all, most of our scientific ideas is that the, they tend to be wrong. That's, yeah. Isn't that crazy thing? I love this. Uh, uh, I, was, I was reading about how the... the uh, um, the way we view the human body and the brain is based on the current version of technology that is ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. So before, uh, you know, 100 years ago when steam was becoming this prominent thing, the brain was viewed as a pressure machine and it worked through pressure. And now that we have computers, it is viewed as a, you know, we're, these people, these liberals are like, we're, we're wet, wet robots. You know, that's all we are. They're just basic. And the human brain is probably something infinitely more profound than just to call it a computer. It's probably, you know, we're, it's going to be 100 years from now and we're going to have quantum, you know, f- quantum holographic, you know, uh, computational reality bending devices. And we're going to be like, oh, it's a human brain. A human brain is basically just a functioning quantum, uh, you know, re- refraction device for manipulating reality. And they might still be wrong. And exactly. <laughs> and then it's going to be 100 years later. And they're going to be like, can you believe can you believe they actually thought that those crazy people? Everyone knows the brain is just made of cheese. <laughs> Who knows? But it is it is crazy to see like how everything is always wrong. Like we we they used to drink mercury to treat syphilis. Yeah, it's, and it's like that was what you had to do. And now we're like, well, that's wrong. I kind like, of sort of like you have to dumb your not dumb yourself. You have to think and live in the terms of like your compatriot humans at that period of history. Because like I think of the subatomic spin of nature. These subatomic spinners they're called um you know quarks and things like that and but if i talk to people as if your brain is a bunch of quarks they're gonna look at me like i'm an idiot because i'm it's too advanced they're like oh you're you were born too early you're but how do we even know the quark time is the fundamental it's not it's just one of the one we can see at the moment the exactly. smallest particle we can currently see at first we're like an atom can we split the atom and then we did and then we blew people up with it that's the funny thing it's like a scientist is like eureka i've split the atom and then some dude is like is I it, can kill a lot of people. With what if that? you can split a lot of atoms? <laughs> Isn't it war that leads to the greatest like innovations and inventions? It's wartime, yeah, all the time. frequently, right? All the time, yeah. horrifically. Yes. Yep. 
that's why I, I um, in Europe, there was this uh, one really, that was a great story I was reading where they're, you know, they have the archers shooting at each other. So what one side did was they made it so that the, what are they called? The notches or the knocks or whatever they're called, notches mm -hmm. on the arrows were really small so that the drawstrings of their enemies, they could not use. But the the arrows with the larger spacings in them could be used, used. on their yeah. thinner. So it's like mm. all the arrows you shoot at us, we can shoot back, but you can't shoot the arrows back at us. Huh. Yeah. Cle clever. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But that's but the thing about Europe is that you have Mediterranean abundance of food, which leads to, to population growth. And then you also have uh, a finite amount of space. So when you get a <clears throat> large population and then eventually nowhere to go, they start fighting over resources, which leads to rapid uh, uh, competition, mm -hmm. weapons and technology and tactical developments, and finally colonization. They eventually just build boats and say, we're getting out of here. This is crazy. Yeah, one of the things about the stat living in a status quo society is that taking risks and doing radical, like in a war, you have very little choice. You take radical risks, but we're kind of disincentivized to do it in this culture. And I understand why, because you want to, you know, want it to stay balanced. You don't want someone to build new fusion bomb right now, because then everyone's got a fusion bomb. But it, it almost hinders uh, innovation in the a thing, way. The I, thing I, think, about I think you look at England and kind of the Anglosphere contributing probably a lot of, you know, America and England, a lot of the world's technology today or is invented here. And, uh, you, you know, you kind of go back, look at a place like England, right? It's cold, not a lot of resources, can't really do a whole lot. So you got to think creatively. And I think it's interesting how English creativity seems to have contributed a lot to history and then obviously you know yeah. largest empire all that stuff isaac yeah. newton i yeah. was reading about physics and how isaac newton's discovery of like allowed for long-range ballistics which allowed the british navy to dominate the world mm -hmm. they had long-range cannons they could hit boats before the boats could hit them and that was like principia mathematica oh yeah that was newton's book mm -hmm. do you think that like with England, it, you, I'm sure there was great minds there, but you know, with the internet today, we see just a, such a jump in information and knowledge amongst humans. Do you think the fact that they had such a far-reaching empire, they just brought people together for better or for worse, and that bringing of people together is just you shared ideas, you shared food recipes, you know, you shared materials that you might not have had access to, and so that was what the jump is in in our information as a species. I think rather than just England being unique it's just an empire will do that that kind of when you have different societies mixing together and and you know interacting especially if it's a peaceful interaction now granted obviously um not all of colonial uh British empire was uh was peaceful but there were plenty of places that were interacting with Britain in their colonies that were not actually the colonies so you you know like if you're in like the interior of Asia, that wasn't, you know, uh, British colonies, but you did have, you know, the Silk Road and, and right. all that kind of stuff. And that really does uh, help to facilitate uh, learning from, you know, learn, because you're interacting with other cultures and, and one culture that might discover something uh, because they don't have a taboo that another culture does might be able to pass on the knowledge you know there's a lot of taboos that that cultures have like whether whether it be types of food or you have to dress this way whether it be religions or certain behaviors that will get you killed in the amazon but won't get you killed in the desert and stuff like that so it's like those kind of interactions really do help uh societies to to progress there there's this idea that uh 
it's not the strongest of the humans that will survive, but the ones that are the most adaptable change. That might actually be a Darwin yeah. quote. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, like, the Romans were extremely adaptable. They would conquer and take people's technology and then call it Roman technology and then move on. And I wonder if we're in a place in the world right now where communism is a technology that people think maybe is they think that being the most adaptable like we we're in a culture war to decide to show people what what they should adapt into i think and communism to a lot of people looks like a good looks like an easy path out and it's like it, is it but you were shaking your head immediately when i brought up the word communism like you don't think it's the right adapt i don't think it's because the right it's, adaptation because it's it's, just, to, it's totalitarian it's it's the problem the, the the root problem with communism is that it's totalitarian you don't get to have another opinion and if you have the wrong opinion then you end up either you know nowadays it's cancel culture but back in you know so my buddy uh, zoltan the guitar player from from uh, five finger death punch he grew up in hungary okay when it was communist and you know he would say something and his parents would be like shut up you're going to get someone, you know, you're going to get, they're going to come and take you away. Um, he's a, he's a very intelligent guy. He's gifted. He was put into this, the, the smart people schools when he was young, he was taken away from his family and stuff. And, you know, you get that kind of stuff. You don't get to, you know, make decisions on your own and, and stuff. So, so it's, it's, you, you don't actually have the option to decide to do something else. They will decide what's for, which what's ultimately for is a, a, a lack of adaptation. If you can't adapt in a system, if it's totalitarian and you're unable to adapt then the system will falter and fail. It's, it's not well, about, uh, it's not about adaptation. It's about uh, the, the inability to make decisions on your own. So there's no creative process. There's no markets. There's no, uh, there's no exchange of ideas. It's, this is the way it is. And that means there's no growth in your, in your society. There's no, no, uh, uh, progress in your, in your markets and stuff like that. So it's, it's all bad. I, I think communism in many ways is kind of an example of falling victim to change instead of adapting to it. Cause you look at even the social situation where communism originates from, right? Industrial revolution, Europe's changing very fast. There's the good, there's the bad. And a lot of people, because, you know, you look at a place like Russia, right? That was obviously the first uh, communist revolution there because they Tucker Carlson brings this up a lot because they did not properly adapt to industrialization the changing world in the right way what happened right they fell to the Bolsheviks the czar you know f fell out of favor and all that stuff and with most communist revolutions around the world arguably even including our own right now it really comes down to a failure to properly adapt to change and then the change basically just destroys you right and I think with America you could point to a lot of things maybe the failure to adapt to the internet and technology there's an argument to be made there right that's definitely yeah. accelerated the kind of left-wing push of the culture and all that and probably a lot of other factors I, I, um yeah i think it's that you have the older generation that keeps ignoring it mm -hmm. as the internet starts growing so if you look back to the advent of the internet you have uh, people saying it's a fad it's never going to take off it's nothing and then you have its expansion young people have completely embraced it and started using it uh, I'm a little kid. We had we had CompuServe on DOS. Then we ended up with, you know, AOL. And so I'm using the Internet. I grew up on it. These older people keep just maintaining their status quo systems because it's too hard to move their monolithic structures. And this happens for a lot of industries. But with communications, it results in a generation that speaks a different language. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're going to get a cultural bifurcation like what we have now. The people who believe in freedom use the internet and like posting memes and the communists who fell victim to the algorithmic manipulation for money who are now psychotic mm -hmm. and these worldviews can't come together. You Look, the story of that girl who was raised by wolves or whatever. It's not literally raised by wolves, but the wild girl. And uh, she never she could never learn English. 
she never learned language. And by the time she was like a teenager and mm -hmm. they find her or whatever, they try saying like, here's how to speak. She could only ever grunt and say basic things like food. Yeah. Hungry. And could never actually have complex conversations because yeah. the brain never developed. So what happens is if you have someone who grows up in the communist world of algorithmic manipulation and someone who grows up in the freedom, meme loving, bulletin board system world of the Internet, the hacker culture stuff, these two worldviews will never come together. And you're not going to be able to explain to the communists why their worldview doesn't work because their brains are wired to be controlled and be commanded. That's why some people are literally NPCs, right? We always use that term non-playable character, but it's true. Yeah, right. it's true. They, these people have been programmed through uh, through schools and through, uh, I think mostly through school. They go to college. So they're spending their life from five years old, let's say preschool, four years old till 22, maybe 24, 26, depending on what degree they're getting, where they're always just told what to do. And in their life and their brain and everything their brain is constructed around, life is, I will be told what to do and I will do it. And then you have other people who are like, I will find my own way and figure life out on my own. You can't convince someone whose brain is hardwired to be commanded that they should break free and be independent. You can. It's not completely true. I'm saying it's very, very difficult and it's painful for people. That's why Brandon mm -hmm. Strzok talks about the story of when he finally got red pilled and realized what was going on. It physically hurt him. Mm -hmm. Dude, it's so interesting to think that every society could get to a point where it needs to adapt to modern tech. And if it doesn't, it falls into totalitarianism mm -hmm. and then it will erupt or into a revolution. Or anarchy or chaos, something's going to happen. Yeah. And then it'll just yeah. be an explosion of pain and violence until they reform a new society to get to a place where they need to adapt again. And are they going to make the same mistake again? Mm -hmm. Like you said, the internet, you know, we should be, first of all, we should be looking at this stuff and be like, oh, this is all able to be spying on me and I'm using it every day. I need the software code, all of it. That should be, we should be adapted to that already. We should be using this to govern ourselves. That should be done. We should be local governance. We should be moving tax money around locally, deciding where our tax money goes. Like, what are we waiting on? Big Daddy to do it for us? That's totalitarianism. Right, but you have half the country that wants Big Daddy to tell them what to do. Yeah. Your mind is like a muscle. If you're not working it out, it's going to be a shriveled, sad piece of meat. So I, that's what I took from what like Tim was saying, that these people, they're on autopilot. They're in the lazy boy from the time they're born. They get the tablet. They get YouTube. They've got algorithms. They turn on the smart TV. They don't have to think. So that you know, muscle is not being worked. You know what, though? I think there's an interesting argument to be made that doesn't every society have that, right? Like how many people in any society in any point in human history more than 20 to 30% of the population truly thinks for themselves, right? I think yeah. a lot of the times the, some people are naturally kind of followers and leaders. That's why you have both. I think the problem now is that now that they have control of, you know, internet and everything like that, you can very easily manipulate the followers now to, you know, go, go towards the side of evil. Whereas, say, you know, I don't know, 1950s, whatever conservative decade we want to look at, most people back then probably weren't thinking for themselves either, but you had people... First of all, you didn't have the internet, so manipulation wasn't as easy as it is now. But I think probably you also had a lot of people who uh, were kind of more responsible, paternalistic cultural leaders that weren't trying to push the destruction of their own country onto the people but you like see that, hitler you know? used the radio for sure to manipulate and control people and push them towards evil yeah. ends that's yeah. a radio changed things big so example huge yeah. and it, when you play civilization which i really that's like the biggest change in the game radio when mm -hmm. when radio is developed it alters the human species like beyond measure the oh, ability yeah. to communicate across long oh, distances yeah. in yeah. real well, it's time the creation of the uh, it's, mass it's, it's broadcast the, it's, it's when they, they they built the eye of sauron all of a sudden, you have a singular broadcast tower telling you what to think and feel. And this is the authority and everyone wants to hear. Before it was like word of mouth 
everything was very local. You go to your church, you'd hear what people were saying. You'd look at the local paper, but there were competing papers and the newspapers were getting big. But once radio happens, all of a sudden, you know, people start getting these, these boxes that are telling them. And for a long time in the United States, you had only a couple networks and, that, and they that, all marched in lockstep as to what was true and what you must believe. And that's the thing is even in America, it's only been the past few decades where people even question what they see on TV, right? When Walter Conkright went out and said the Vietnam War is bad, basically, the country believed it, right? It, during World War II, I don't think anyone really questioned what they heard on the news media, the radio. And so I think even in this country, it's probably still a problem, you know? And historically was, of that, course. That's the so internet bizarre. breaks it. And now yeah. we're going back to how people, more localized communities, the problem is they're not physical. They're, right. they're, they're parasocial. Yeah. Well, what, what it is, is uh, you would have a region that would have a culture and a way of speaking and a kind of food based yeah. on what, what was there. And, they, and their ideas were based on the world they lived in. Now with the internet, you have people, you'll have a conservative living next to a liberal. The conservative has his community online. The liberal has their community online and next door to each other. They don't like each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it used to be geography like dictated your culture in a huge way. It doesn't matter anymore. You've got people in the United States yeah. that agree with communism. Right. I mean, it, it's crazy. That would have never happened right. thirty years ago. I remember thirty years ago, I would I had friends in my neighborhood that I didn't like, like kids that were mean, kids that I just didn't want to be around. But that was who was in my neighborhood, so that's who I was around. And I suffered some abuse because of it. So, like in a way, it's better that I don't have to interact with those people, even if they're next door. I can get online and talk to the cool, smart people. But that's but a like, part of life, too. Is exactly. The thing. Yeah. Is and now you can avoid that situation. And if I you know avoiding, it's probably a problem, probably causing a rift. Right. Like you're supposed to interact with people you disagree with. Right. And supposed to figure out how to get along with people you don't get along. Exactly. With. Exactly. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Why do you say supposed to? I think it's just part of our evolution, what's got us to where we're at. Part, part of the American dream and part of the founding fathers, they all kind of, I like their, how they would argue and... I guess I have a different take on on what is evolution, and then because I, I don't think that the human race is, has really considerably evolved in the past two hundred years. You think you think I'm I'm kind of off about? The I just think that ev- evolution just kind of thinks- off in general. Yeah, <laughs> just, just basically <laughs> a little wrong. Is what you're- just, I think that evolution, um, you know, it requires an outside force. Like so, you don't like evolution is g- is genes that have produced an adaptation to something that is an outside uh, force. So like w- the, the way they figure that eyes evolved, there were cells that were, you know, when you, when the, we were without eyes and, and stuff in, in, uh, in the water and stuff, the cells that happened to be uh, receptive to light that could actually just see just light and dark, right? Those were the ones that, they were ended up being the ones that would could give uh, more likely to survive. Yeah. More likely to survive. And so without some kind of outside influence, you don't get an evolution. The the evolution of the eye is an awesome video. You guys should watch. I I don't know the exact, I I think if you search evolution of the eye explained, you'll get the video I'm probably referring to, but they break down how you have these cells and it's a competition. They're just all competing for the free energy available. Some of these cells are being hit by light 
and the light is they're more receptive to it this gives them an advantage in data they're now getting a binary set of data light or dark which allows them to see if something so basically now if it's just dark you can't see where the free the 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 free food the the food is Mm -hmm. but now with light added to the mix you'll see dark in a pool of light indicating potential free energy this maybe it was only a 0.1 percent increase in the free energy acquired by these cells but it resulted in them being more successful over a long period of time. Mm. What ends up happening is as singles, as multicellular organisms evolve, the, they, you get like dimples because a dimple allows light to, to, to hit from multiple angles, giving you more uh, depth and understanding of where the light is coming from. Then you get the reason there's two is because it creates uh, a, a, depth, a, a depth of field. Mm-hmm. So now you can perceive how far away an object might be. So all of these things are just evolve because it's the most natural thing within our system in terms of how light operates dude it's i crazy. love it's watching. an amazing okay. video it's it's super smart and also like one of the arguments uh, against like humans ability to interact with reality so there's there's there are philosophers that say you can't actually know what's real because you have your brain is actually interpreting the things that you say brain and, of and, that yeah and the the argument against that is without a an existing world out there to perceive you don't get evolution like without an existing world to interact with so that means well, i don't that, think that disproves brain and vat no no not, not brain and vat i'm talking about um the the idea that we can't no. that there is no reality so that you right. that we can't actually know what reality is that's well, an I, argument that's made but the fact that we can we can that we've evolved means that there is an out there is a reality out there for us to have responded to for, so so uh, I, I was uh, having a conversation with someone a, a few years ago at Vegas. I think it was at Vegas. And uh, the question I asked was, if I take this phone right here and I throw it at that window, what will happen? What will happen, Ian? It'll hit the window and bounce off, make a noise, maybe leave a dent, mark in the wood or something. All right. A definitive answer. And there's other acceptable answers. It will break the window and fly outside. The, it'll bounce off and the phone will shatter. The phone will break into a couple different, different pieces. It will land in my hand because I have lightning reflexes. Or you'll catch it. And so the point I made was, are you thinking about your circumstances in terms of this is what will happen? Are you thinking about things in terms of the most likely thing to happen? Or are you thinking, th- are you thinking about things in terms of there's a 10% chance that it'll do this, a 17% chance it'll do this, a 23% chance it'll do this, and a 47% chance it'll do this, and then you're creating contingencies based on the probabilities. I usually think contingencies, but I found people think I'm psychotic if I talk in contingency. So I've got to pick really quickly the, the most likely one and kind of f- flush it out and see if it's psycho. What, what I mean to say is you, will, you, you need to figure out when it's appropriate to look at a circumstance of someone wants to throw a phone at a window. Instead of just making the assumption it will do X, but to is to consider what are the pro- pro- probabilities and possibilities, and then what what are your plans in the event of A, B, C, or D. But it's not appropriate to do that in every single circumstance. Yeah. Sometimes if you're in a burning building and you're like, let's figure this one out, uh, you're probably just going to have to go for the first, the most, like get out of the building. But there there may be alternate paths with higher rates of success. You just don't know, but you've got to... You like know, it's outside the box. I actually tweeted this out yesterday. Uh, when you're thinking outside the box, have about 60 to 90 different possible outcomes in your mind. You don't have to adhere to any of them, but just know that there are those many. And that's when you're out thinking outside the box. But there are situations like you were just saying, burning building, you don't have time. You're in the box. You need to get out. <clears throat> so you, you do what you got to do with what you got. We're going to Super Chats, so if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, 
and head over to TimCast.com, become a member to support our work directly. Let's read what y'all have to say. We got Culture Abduction says first and shout out to the Dallas mayor who switches sides here, here. Clint Torres is back with another howdy, people. Howdy. Howdy, Clint. Clint. Right on. Jeremiah D. Mac Roberts says StarscapeChronicles.com, new sci-fi universe. Very cool. Very cool. I've uh, I've completed my first run through of um, Baldur's Gate. Now I'm wondering if I should play. Was it Starfield? Starfield? Starfield. Yes. It sounds like, but it's woke. Sounds like yeah. There's some woke elements, but you said Baldur's Gate's got some of those elements too. Well, Baldur's Gate has the you can create a character who has like a male face, a female body, a deep male voice, but identifies as non-binary, and like it. So if you try to randomize your character, you're gonna get a purple-haired, masculine like dude with boobs sounds like it's similar level as Baldur's gate um but it's fun but the I game itself it. isn't i mean i guess the fact I, i'm pretty sure in Baldur's gate everyone's gay no i'm not saying that to be mean like like all the characters are homosexual or they're all bi well yeah. oh, the, the, yeah, i guess yeah. pansexual is a better way to put it sexual yeah, yeah because and it's if it's funny if you think about video games they have to do it that way because if the general idea is that you can customize your own character to be anything and you should have an option to romance your characters they have no choice but to make it so all the characters just banging exactly. everybody and don't care. Like, you know, it sucks. I grew up my childhood playing a lot of GTA. I've waited now ten years for the next game, and it's like one of the things in my life. That's the last video game I'm going to play, and I'm be adult, right? It's oh. Just GTA Six. And I know at this point, the fact that it's probably going to come out 2027, 2028. I know exactly well, how it's going to be. Well, what they're doing is the, the, the character's female now. Uh, yeah, for the yeah, first time, it's going to yeah. be a, a female character. Can I guys spoil what? a little bit of something from Starfield? Sure. It's not major at all. Okay. So there's this little note that you find, and because the game was delayed, there was a guy so excited to play the game, he had cancer. Never got to play the oh. game. Oh. So in his honor, they put a little note in the game that you can go and find to collect, and it's just like happy hunting or happy exploring the universe. It's really sad, but... That's what it reminded me of. It's like these games, like really people get so excited. and Yeah. So in uh, stuff like World, World of Warcraft has done this, I think, on multiple occasions where uh, I think in Burning Crusade, they did this, someone who played a lot died of cancer. Oh, yeah. And so the character became an NPC in That's the city cool. that you could go and talk to and interact with. So like immortalized it. I like day, that. Well, yeah, with AI, you'll be actually still talking to the real yeah, person. Yep. That's <laughs> creepy. Let's, uh, let's read some more. Let's read some more Super Chats. Where are we at? Uh, Melinda Liu says, has the team uh, considered virtual tickets to the Miami event? Yes. So I don't want to say too much just yet, but um, we're, we're, we're currently navigating how we're going to do the live portion of it. And there is a decent probability the, the live show will just be the whole show. The whole, so this is a Friday night show. Instead of doing the normal Friday night show, it will be a members only for the full thing. But this will include the pre-show that this is where we can do we can do the pre-show, the comedy, the show, and the after show show all in one go. But we're not completely sure that that'll be the way we'll do it. And then what we would do is we would immediately upload the podcast to all podcast platforms. We would then put the clips on uh, uh, on YouTube like normal. But the issue is, if we're going to have all these awesome people, the last thing we want to do is be like we're doing the, the the normal. This is a YouTube show, and so here's nah. We want to we want to have we want Alex Stein to be able to just like we, we want to own the show and not have to worry about anything and make it the most entertain entertaining thing imaginable. Which means we probably have to control it, but we're not one hundred percent. The general idea for now was pre-show is not live; it's only at the venue. The show will be live on YouTube as per normal, and then the after show is you know uh, at the venue only. 
And then I thought, yeah, but members who can't travel, like we got to figure something out. So the the idea might be just like the whole Miami event will be available for members on TimCast.com. Again, we'll have to figure that one out. Not 100% sure that's the way we're going to do it, though. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We will see. We will see. And uh, yeah, let's read some more. Dude, it'd be cool to have a 3D camera on stage that you could watch from. If you have like yeah. special access and be there on stage with everybody, like there's no way we can set that up. I mean, we we might three, be able three sixty cam is what I mean. We, yes, we can do it, but built like I have like I don't think Rumble has the capabilities for three sixty camera ingestion. Yeah, you would have to do some it kind exists. of alternate stream. Yeah, YouTube yes. does. So so yes, it exists, and I've done them before three hundred sixty degree live streams, but they fell out of pop. Like no one cares to do yeah. them anymore. We used to carry the 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 monopod with the three sixty camera, and it would yeah. stream. And then you chose what to look at, which is cool, but super low res. It could be cool to do like have one of the chairs be a 360 cam. You know, what we could do we in that chair. We just set it up. Well, we could just record every episode and then upload the 360 live podcast. Watch That's it cool. if you want. Put it on Rumble. Because when you so if, if you have goggles show. on it, you can yep. like turn and look at the guys that are talking. It's so right. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the real the, the real goal is to do stereoscopic three, uh, uh, 360. Which is the it, it's hard to do, but you have uh, a sphere with two cameras. So it's, it's not one camera; it's two for every for every camera. You double it up, so that way you can create depth of field. So for someone who's putting on a VR headset and looking around, you actually can see depth. But it doesn't work perfectly because the cameras don't move. So there's AI building gaps. You know, whatever. Let's uh, let's read some more. Devin Grism says, "Tim, I think we need to see James Lindsay back on the show with Phil." I'd love to hang out with Jim. I haven't had a chance to meet him in person, but uh, we have corresponded via the internet, and he is well, a let's, very friendly guy. Well, you just got to tweet at him. Tell Jim, James come on. Come on the show. Let's talk <laughs> about Jim. Degrowth. You're in D.C. a lot. Come oh, on. We should do a culture war that would with, be uh, with James Lindsay. Yeah, would you want to do it? Would you, I would totally do oh, it. Oh, let's do it. All right. What do we have? Uh, Skylar Pearson says, Tim, you should look up Publius Claudius Pulcher and the Sacred Chickens. You're going to love it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the show with Matt Gates last night, my favorite rep. Thank you to you and your team for all that you do. Uh, you know, we, we had Ami Horowitz scheduled, and Matt Gates' team said, hey, we wanted to, we don't know if there's any availability, and I'm like, oh, yo, Matt can come whenever he wants. Not, not, not only do we need to, like, like, get the opportunity to hear what he's talking about with this continued resolution. It's a tremendous opportunity for, for the American people. I'm a big fan of Matt Gates. He he is he's the, the the he he's actually doing things. I'm I'm just you know as soon as we leave the show I'm going to my girlfriend I'm like Matt Gates may have just shut down omnibus spending. I'm hoping he wins this. This is this is crazy. That would be amazing. And it's just like who else is doing stuff like this? No, now credit to Marjorie Taylor Greene, Thomas Massey. There's a, there's a handful of really great people, but I think Matt Gates is just the doing yeah. doing the most. He's an aggressive communicator. He likes building coalitions. He's good at it. I know, and and I'm I'm impressed with his his uh, uh he is tactful. He's he even talked about you know uh, he was talking about the uh, he's worked with AOC on um it was the stock I think it was him and AOC on mm-hmm. the like stopping stock yep. uh, trading within uh, insider trading stuff. So I think he does a great job. But um I do feel bad for Ami because it's always it's always rough when it's like you book a guest and then it's like the air will be sucked out of the room by this very big very important show. We've got someone coming in who's in the middle of this big news story. I will also add, though, I got uh, uh, a shout out from um, uh, Richie McGinnis. We we were on MSNBC. They used clips of the show oh. to like talk about the Republicans or whatever. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, hey man, I'll take it. We're, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to get you know first hand view of yeah uh, and, and breakdown of what's going on with the 
with Congress. All right, let's go back to where we are. Remington says Sticks is back in the States. Are you going to have him on? Okay. Oh, is he? So there are uh, uh, a couple individuals who have made it to the States. So um, I don't, I don't, we usually don't announce anything because um, then when someone cancels, it sucks. We do, we are trying to get Sticks, X and Hammer on the show. We have been trying to get Sticks, X and Hammer on the show forever since the show began. He's like, well, I'm a big fan. He's a very rational, very smart guy and he has great content. And um, I think Carl Benjamin is also in the States currently. He's in Florida. He put up a picture of a horrible pizza and I don't approve, <laughs> Carl. I don't approve. I don't care that you're from England and that like you're not used to good looking food. That pizza was an abomination. Zelensky's here too right now. Oh, yeah. It's a big, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll have him on the show. <laughs> Gotta have him on. Uh, I'm a I'm a huge fan of, oh, that awful pizza. <laughs> it, it's gross, right? It's half Hawaiian, half pepperoni. Was and it like, it's like cut wrong. Was it good uh, for him? He he liked it? Bro, uh, well, I, gotta, I mean. You know, it's crazy. Florida has so many New Yorkers, and yet I've never had good pizza in that state. Really? That's that crazy. Does, that's. So there is a rumor. There, there are people that say that the water in New York it's, and, I've is, heard and that, Connecticut yes, yeah. is, why, is why the pizza is so good. It's, it's three things. The water, the, uh, uh, the, the air, altitude, mm-hmm. and the, um, the flour they use. So there was a place I went to in Florida that advertised New York pizza. And they actually said, we import our water and our flour from New York and cook it to simulate the humidity and conditions of a typical of New York on average. So it's really I I think uh, New York is New York sea level. Mm -hmm. But then there's also like the humidity conditions, the average temperature. And so you're in Florida. It's much more humid. You have to control for these things to really try and simulate how New York pizza comes out. I have had pizza across the whole country. Every state, I guarantee at some point, some club has just thrown pizza after the show, right? That's Chicago the pizza is the best, but not, I am not talking about deep dish. It's, oh. a, it's a different kind of pizza mm. than New York pizza too. If not deep dish. Not, I am not. talking about real Chicago pizza, which is, it's a, th- it's, it's, it's a thin-ish crust. It's, the crust is probably twice as thick as your average New York mm-hmm. and it's firm. I don't really know how else to describe it. It is, it is, and it's cut into squares. And this is how we had all of our pizza growing up. The crust doesn't rise. So you don't get like on a New York pizza, you, the back of the pizza is big Can be and then it. it's flat. And then, right, it's, it, it rises a little bit. Chicago pizza doesn't do that. It, it's baked and it like stays as it is. Then, then it's like the sauce, the cheese is really thick. They're cut into squares and it's a thick square piece. That's how we have Chicago pizza. Mm. Chicago pizza is the best. Have you guys tried Andy's pizza that's in the area no. yet? So they won 2021's World's Best Pizza oh. Award. Mm. Let's do I've been it. Meaning really? to, yeah, I've been meaning to try it. And apparently they won it with a cheese pizza. So. Oh, we got to get Dave Portnoy out here. I mean, wow. he's doing Pizza Fest. Yeah. He, Dave just did a just did a, a, a review of my buddy's pizza on, up in uh, in Connecticut. Uh, Foucault Pizza, it's great. Foucault, the, he gave it a good review. Foucault, yeah, he gave him. I think he gave it like an eight five or did something. You, like did that. you see Super that video high. where the guy came out screaming at him? I yeah, yeah, it. yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> what, what happened? What he's like? He does the pizza reviews, yeah. and he came out, and the store owner came out and started screaming at him or something, like insulting him. <laughs> and then he started talking with people who were outside, and they were like, "I love Dave Boy, he's great." And he's him. like, "What's going on, dude? I'm just eating pizza." No, no, he he tried to go to the cops, the business owner, because he was standing on the sidewalk, <laughs> and the cops were cool with him, you know, yeah. and they were friends with him and stuff. So why yeah. did the store owner hate? Him. Well, just because he's he's a, he's a liberal, but also uh, I guess he, the little, business owner's claim is that Dave Portnoy is bad for small business. 
which I don't understand. No, they're, because they're woke. He, here's the thing, too, is even if you give a place a bad pizza review, okay, Barstool people on the internet won't go there, but it's not going to hurt your current existing business. No, no, you no, know no. what I mean? Dave was, he can only bring business to... because he knows he's got bad pizza. Yeah. Bro, if I had a pizza place <laughs> and Dave showed up, I'd be like, please, bro, tell tell the people about my pizza. Yeah. And he's going to be like, it's pretty good, man. Even if he said, it's not the best pizza, but it's like a seven or an eight, I'd be like, yes. <laughs> if you live in the area, too, you would be like, yep. okay, Dave Portnoy. And also, yeah. like, Portnoy was doing all that stuff during COVID to help all the small businesses. Yeah, that, that dude that that just had his. Didn't, didn't he say he had too much Parmesan? Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like, too much Parm, man. I don't like it. I Two days ago. <laughs> but when he, honestly, it was an average New England. I, I like I like Dave Portnoy. He, yeah. He, you know, he, he had Mincy's back when they fired him for BS reasons. He that's, had, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's that good Washington stuff. Post journalist trying to do a hit piece on him. So he called her directly and recorded and uploaded it on Twitter. For, this is two days ago. Highly recommend. It's like a master class in how you deal with this stuff. Go on the offensive. And, they, and she admitted that she was just trying to goad people and then published the story anyway. And he's like, how, how, it's amazing that the state of journalism, you can get someone on the phone admitting that they're making up the story and pushing it and then still run the story anyway i think now is, is a good time to quote michael malice the job is not done until the average corporate journalist is looked at in the same way that a tobacco lobbyist is mm. he is mm. correct he is correct let's read some more all right dark hellhound says dark dark hellhound it says dark hellhound new jersey voted menendez back in after he was indicted well you wrote indicated but indicted in 2013 for bribery fraud and false statements most people in new jersey will vote for the person with the d next to the name and when you go and talk to them, I wish, I'd love to believe there's a conspiracy, but bro, I have lived near these people. I have sat down and played poker with these people. I have gone to bars and spoken to them at bars, and they have no idea what the they are talking about. And you'll say something like, you'll be like, do you have any concerns about They're Menendez? stubborn about it too. Well, no, like yeah. you'll go to someone and be like, you, you, uh, you just, you, you, oh, like you're wearing an I voted thing. It's like, you vote, uh, what did you vote? Like, oh, I voted for Menendez. And be like, do you have any concerns about the fraud and like the accusations of underage girls? And they'll go, the what? And I'm just like, oh, oh dude. Politics is busted, man. It's it's never a good policy to say, oh, we want to remove voting rights from people, but man, people abuse the hell out of their right to vote right they are irresponsible with it there is they do no they do no actual put no actual effort into looking to see if what they've heard on comedy central is actually true they are it is just clown world up you know down. what's so sad about it too is new england and i guess by extension i'm not gonna but that area of the country is where the american revolution originated from and you can still see some of that attitude in the people in the sense that they're so stubborn and belligerent and you can tell how hey these people's ancestors picked up guns the problem is the energy's directed all in the wrong direction Right. When you think about it, the New Englander energy of today could be directed toward, hey, you know, I'm not with what's going on in the country. We're going to protect American tradition. But instead, it's like, yes, I'm going to stubbornly stand up like the guy in the Dave Portnoy video and fight you over uh, the rights of, you know, gay, black, transgender children to, you know, get no mastectomies at 14, you know, but I'll fight you for that, bro. You know, that kind of thing. That's that's the problem. The energy is in the wrong direction. All right. <laughs> Tyrion says, be careful with an orgy of evidence. This is the passport in the wreck of 9-11. I think the 150s and 20s is because a single bank only has so much cash on hand. Also, why hide it in clothing? I think it's a fair point, too. Someone said that uh, Menendez was speaking out against the Iran deal, and then all of a sudden indictment drops. Maybe yeah. that's it. I do not trust these people, man. Right. 
I don't, I don't, I don't trust Menendez, but I gotta, I gotta be honest. If you've got, you, you can, what, what, what was the Jack Sparrow quote? He's a, he, he's a dishonest man, but you can trust him because you can trust him to be dishonest yeah. and something like that. And that's how I view politicians across the board, except for maybe like a handful of libertarians, right. maybe like one Democrat and maybe like seven, seven Republicans. But the, 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 the SDNY, it's just like, you can't even trust them to be dishonest properly. They are completely amoral crackpots. I would not put it past them to go after even a Democrat because a Democrat was falling out. In fact, I would expect that. So yeah, Menendez, I view what, you know, like the, the idea that he would play politics so that he can get favors. That's the kind of dishonesty I expect from a Menendez. Bribery and these kind of charges are, are up there. And then you look at the going after of Donald Trump, which is, you know, I guess you can call one neutral evil. And then uh, what SDNY is doing is like, I don't know, it's abject evil. Like, I, I know that Menendez is, is like these these politicians are going to do things like insider trading. They're going to say, hey, if you fund this thing for me, I'll fund this thing for you. And like, they're going to have a buddy come to them and say, hey, look, man, my company needs this thing done. Don't mm-hmm. worry, we'll get it through committee. Whether or not he would take gold bars in exchange for that is a, is a, is a, is a, is a leap. So maybe, maybe. But I'm going to say it like SDNY going after Trump, all the bullshit coming out of New York is so just egregious. I don't believe I don't trust it. And yeah. a, a, a good point on orgy of evidence. I, I think they're definitely after Menendez for a reason. Whatever reason that is, it never comes. Yep. It's similar to the Russell Brand thing, I guess. I mean, who knows if he did it or not? But yeah, I just don't it's trust like, any of it. But according to their story, they knew Hollywood or in the entertainment industry must have known about this so many decades ago. But now suddenly, because he is causing problems for them, now allegedly, according to them, suddenly they care. Suddenly they bring this up. Same, yeah, I just don't, I just don't yeah. believe it. I mean, we, we talked with uh, FBI whistleblowers this morning on the culture war, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, we have instances of identity theft, fraud, and swattings, and we get no law enforcement uh, accountability. Or anything. And they're like, of course. Not yeah. enough money. Well, I, it's it's not that. I think <laughs> that a good portion of it is they operate as weapons of of the agenda, narrative, the cathedral, et cetera. Yeah. And I think everybody would agree. If you are an obstacle in any way and you're obstinate, you're out of the picture mm-hmm. and they'll come out and they'll find a reason. And if you're a regular person, and you say, hey, I'm under attack. They'll say, you have, we don't care. Mm-hmm. You, the, what, the, this, this thing has no impact on us. Oh, I did get the vibe that the 400 going after him for 400 K seems like not well, like that's not that much. I mean, yeah. like, but it oh, is it's a bribe. Felony, it's felony territory. Yeah. I'm torn. Like, I don't like mm. the government prosecuting people, but I also don't like politicians and I like politicians, you know, getting prosecuted. So I'm, I'm torn. Well, I think it could be true and he's guilty of all of it, but they only care because of a certain reason. You know what I mean? That's also a possibility. Cause that, yeah, it crossed my mind. How many politicians way. are technically guilty of bribery? Probably this, all of them. Right? This, is, this is a good one right here. Uh, Paracelsus Underex says the Chinese couldn't capitalize on gunpowder because the steel in the East is crap. It's mm. Western steel that changed gunpowder. Mm. Interesting. That is an perhaps, awesome fact. Perhaps that, was, perhaps that is why. Mm. They could make the, the, the powder... But they could not contain it and direct the energy properly. I, but I'm, I, I mean, I know Japan has is is well known for the steel and the swords, the katanas and yes. stuff like that. So, yeah. I, mean, I think I think it really, I, I think a lot of it has to do with China. So Japan had, uh, 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 Japan's an island, so mm-hmm. the fighting and and competition there is fierce. With North, with the Americas, with Africa, and with. Uh, Eastern Europe, you have such large, large land masses that when conflict arose, people could flee. Mm. Mm. So this is true of animals. Um, the the uh, burrowing animals tend to be the most vicious. Badgers, for instance, because they dig their way into a They're hole. Stuck. 
and they're stuck. And so if a predator comes, if they don't fight, they die. So what happens is, so let's say you have a bunch of badgers and half of them are really nice and half of them are really mean. Nice ones are all dead. With birds, they fly away, which is why birds aren't aggressive and don't attack you for the yeah. most part. But I've seen, have you ever seen a bird attack somebody? Yeah. Those growls, yeah. geese, they can't fly, well, man. I mean, then they feel a little more. Geese but I mean, fly. I've seen someone walk near a tree with mm-hmm. eggs and the bird jumps out and starts like flapping around their head and pecking at them and stuff. And I'm like, whoa, bird's pissed. I saw a squirrel attack somebody once too. That was crazy. It looks like in 1856, Henry Bessemer developed a method to reduce the carbon content in iron, which led to modern steel production. Yeah, That's yeah reduction of carbon. So the thousand years before that, I don't know why it didn't take off what, what advancements they had in Well, in I don't Europe. think they Bro, used look, steel casings for a while. Read about the history of guns. Just barrels. The crazy thing is how long it took to get the modern revolver. It's like somebody, so, so they got muskets, and then some guy's like, what if I have like a rotating cylinder with, we can preload all of the, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the balls and the, and the powder, and what, what, the way it worked is, same as a flintlock, and after it fired, you would hand crank it and then set it again and fire and then hand crank it. And then eventually they develop percussion cap, which mm-hmm. is preloaded. But then you put percussion caps, yeah, little, yeah. Little, little metal caps that have primer in them and you stick them over the holes. And then the hammer hits it, sparking into the chamber and firing it. And then eventually I think it was some French dude who was like, why don't we just put it all in one thing? Like put the primer and, and the casing and the bullet all in one. Then you can just put it in the gun and shoot it and take it out and put it one in and... And then it, but it, it was like a hundred years or something. It was crazy. Who gets credit? It's the Portuguese gets credited with modern firearms, right? Portuguese? Modern, is that right? No, I, I don't, don't think know. so. I think the cartridge was a French dude. Cartridge. It sounds yeah. like a French word. Yeah. French gunsmith, Casimir Lefaucheux. Invented the cartridge? 1836, the cartridge. Yeah. Crazy. And then, uh, uh, see, that's pre-Civil War. 1830s. Yeah, 1830s. And then in the Civil War, the Confederates were still using muzzle-loaded rifles. Yeah. The Union was as well. Battle of Gettysburg changed the game because the Union soldiers started using, uh, I guess you'd, I guess you'd call it uh, breech breech loaded shells. Uh, I'm sorry, breech loaded cartridges, paper cartridges. So it had the bullet, it had the powder, and it was wrapped in paper. And you would basically break action, and then they would stick it in the back and then close it, and then they could fire with a percussion cap. And it, they were they were ten times faster than the Confederates. Crazy you know, stuff. you know what's crazy is uh, the Union had access to the 1860 Henry, which was a lever action rifle, right? I think one of the first or the first ever invented. Uh, and in theory, they probably could have mass adapted to it, which back then it'd be like giving. Are you every, sure about that? Yeah, by giving every infantryman a machine gun. 1860. 1860 Henry is the first uh, like major lever action lever action in America. Yeah. Was it invented in 1860? I think that's why it's called the 1860 Henry. But the right? civil. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then there's 1866 after that. Wow. But I guess the Union wouldn't adapt it on a... I think some sharpshooters had it, actually. But the Union wouldn't adapt it on a mass level because they were scared people were going to waste bullets. Wow. Which... Whoa. Which you think how right. differently the war could have gone. And I think... I'm pretty sure that actually carried over to the same logic kind of screwed us up in yeah. Vietnam, too, the beginning, because... Well, yeah. There was 1,731 Henry rifles used mm-hmm. by the government in the civil war and it was a point of pride to have one yeah wow so in man. vietnam they were using like m1s or something right because they had the m1 m1a m14 yeah. uh and the soviets uh, the early in the war the Viet Cong actually i think outclassed us because they had ak's already but the, the thinking in the military brass even then was oh the soldiers are all going to waste ammo if we you know yep. give them uh, full auto but, yeah all right, everybody, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member at TimCast.com to support the work we're doing, all of our cultural endeavors. We really do appreciate it. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. 
You can follow me personally at TimCast. Vince, you want to shout anything out? Uh, yeah, be, be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just Vince Dow. That's my name, D-A-O. And, uh, you know, you can look that name up on other socials as well. But YouTube. So, yeah, go subscribe to the channel. Right on. I am Phil That Remains on Twix. I am Phil That Remains official Twix. on uh, on, Twix. on the old Instagram. Uh, the band is All That Remains. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, uh, Amazon Music, you know, YouTube, you know, the internet. Thank you, Rockstar. Cheers. Uh, I'm Ian Crossland. You can follow me at Ian Crossland on Twix or any other social network. Uh, happy to oblige. Twix. Vince Dow TV on Twix. That's yes. Twitter. Vince Dow TV. Yeah. Get over here, Elon, yeah. so I stop making fun of you. <laughs> oh. Twix. Love you guys. See you later. I didn't know what Twix. Brett's been doing that all week. I, I had like no it. idea what Twix I got is. it from Brett. Okay. Um, Brett. Yeah. Huge shout out to Carter Banks for pressing buttons all week. You're a rock star, man. Uh, you guys can follow me at Kellen PDL and get your Miami tickets. You have one week left. Do it. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. We'll be back uh, next. Uh, we'll be back on Monday and we'll see y'all then. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.